Navy ready? Yeah, I'm always ready. Mm. Just wandering around, wondering where I'm gonna put this sticker. What's the sticker of? It's just monster. Boo! <laughs> you corporate it shit. Comes a, when you None? when you get these imports, you the the top where you put your mouth, there's a sticker there to keep people from that, and then <laughs> putting it back in the. No, don't don't no, act like that's, that's crazy. Not, that's not why that I was do a it. huge. That that was a huge thing on TikTok a while back, wasn't it? Of people licking ice cream and putting it back in the freaking freezer uh, at Walmart. Maybe. See, here's it what I'm pretty sure. No, Nave, see, it's an import, right? Which means it needs to be imported from somewhere. And that means it goes on the big cargo ships that are full of rats that are running around the top of it, pissing and shitting as it drips down onto the cans. And that's why they have the sticker on there. Yeah, that's why you're supposed to wash so, your apples and stuff, right? I think so. So um, you heard the whole thing about GPUs causing uh, salmonella, right? Yes. That's <laughs> actually been yeah. featured on the pod. Yep. Actually, that might have been where I heard it. Oh, jeez. Yeah, see? It's coming full <laughs> it's, circle. It's got to be true. All right, we need to start the pod. Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-partner, Nave. Each pod, we play through a cooperative experience and relate to you, the listener, if this game is the creme de la creme of co-op or something better off playing solo. Hey, Nave. I put the sticker on my drum set. Gross. You <laughs> right there in the middle. Puppy. The rat piss sticker? Yeah. It'll be fine. I'll beat, the, I'll beat the devil back into it or out of it. What does Bob Ross say? We have a guest, Philip. Yeah. Which, you found this guy. How about you introduce him? This is Shadowless Edge, Twitch streamer extraordinaire, and he's also on a podcast. And I'm not looking at my notes, so hold on a second. Well, I didn't put his podcast in there. I didn't know he had a podcast. I thought he was just a streamer. Oh no, he's got a podcast. I'm it's a, the achievement. You, why don't you talk about it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, be better. I'm a I'm a streamer. I'm a podcaster. I'm actually an Xbox Hall of Famer as well. I'm a man of many trades. Um, yeah, I have a podcast called the Xbox Hall of. Um, Hall of Gamers, which is a pun on the Hall of Fame competition that at the time all three of the hosts won, uh, which really? is pretty cool. Nice little. Uh, is the competition like the the was it one versus one hundred? Uh, no, right? it's like oh. um, it was pretty much before the Series X launch. They had most Game Pass uh, games played in. Well, there was eight different countries that had competitions. Uh, most Game Pass games played. There was free awards related to State of Decay 2, Forza Horizon 4, and Sea of Thieves, I believe. Um, so now you're talking about it, I remember this. But I remember thinking, oh, God, I'm in America. There's no way in fucking hell. That I'm, gonna, that. I'm like where Stallion and all like the most hardcore like live. Yep. It's not going to happen to me. They, they scrubbed they, – they screwed the competition up and they essentially scrubbed it from the internet, but – Really? Still got my trophy. Yeah, I don't remember this. Yeah, this was like uh, end of 2020. I've, where is it? I'll find it. Oh, he's getting the he's trophy, everyone. Grab a trophy. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's Showing nice. a trophy off on an audio podcast, but. Uh, wow, he's yeah, like so a real gamer. They, does help. it have your gamer tag on it? No, unfortunately. Oh. The, they sent the gamer tag ones out to, like, I guess the influencer types. Yeah. And then the people that actually won the competition, like I think Stallion got given one as a, like, you know, established member of the community. And he then he won He's, the he is like yeah. the Hall of Famer. But then he, like, he did that and then he won the competition as well. So he got, like, sent two trophies. 
for essentially oh. the same thing. Right. Double trouble. Um, That's his job. His yeah. job is to get all the gamer score. I mean, like he's he's pretty much retired now to just being a full time Twitch streamer, I believe. Gets the odd occasional stream going where he's like hunting for achievements but not hunting as not hunting the baby games that the community does for easy gamer score. Yeah, I'm so over it. I'm so done wasting like hours just doing these horrible games. I'm like, it's killed me on the inside. It, it's okay. Like sometimes it's okay because it reminds me of like the flash games that you'd play back in high school. Yeah. And like there's sometimes the like, you know, a gem along the mountains and mountains of turd. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of, of them, some <laughs> of them get me. Like I played, I got all the achievements in Clicker Hero, and that took me like four hundred something hours. That took me months, and so I don't know. Like some of them, I'm trying to think of like I haven't done any like really easy completions in such a while. Like sometimes there's ones that will hit Game Pass, and they're like, you know, your free hour completions. Like there's one that I played recently called Space Organ uh, Wall or Trading Sim. Yep, that game's actually it. good, and, though. <laughs> and that is and that is actually a really good simulator game, even though it's an easy completion. But then you've got your other, like, sh- just your shovelware that, like, it's gotten to the point uh, on PlayStation that they actually had to ban some of them. They actually oh, yeah, them, I'm like, so uh, happy about that news. I'm so It's way worse over there on PlayStation. I don't know. I yeah. went and looked on the PlayStation store just out of curio- morbid curiosity, and it was awful. And now I'm lagging. Yeah, okay. You're you're just you're just really delayed. No. We just stopped talking yeah. to sad silence <laughs> for the the 9 minutes to your listeners at home. Nave had disconnected. We just sat here. <laughs> that was not why 9 minutes. I was like maybe 40 seconds. It felt like 9 minutes. Am I actually okay, delayed but, or are you fucking with me? No, you're good. Yeah, you're, you're fine. Now. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, you're good enough. Sick. Okay, so I was looking at your channel. Uh you're playing the classics, Halo. What I really saw though, you were playing Chiv 2? Yeah, so I I've been playing quite a bit of like different games. Shivery 2 is really, really fun. Um, a lot of people rem- uh, recommended Shivery 1 to me. And I was kind of like really late to that um, before they, I think they delisted it actually when 2 came out. Mm. Uh, but yeah, started playing uh, the second one and it is just so much fun. It's a good the game. Only, the only gripe I have with the game is if you're going to have a 64 player Battle Royale, like not Battle Royale in that sense, but like, you know, that kind of mass multiplayer kind of game. Have bigger like multiplayer lobbies, like you can have yeah. up to four people. Which oh, I mean, I like, know what you mean? Yeah. yeah, like if you wanted to join with a large group. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. it is strange, isn't it? Say, say if you wanted to get like your whole community, like say you got like thirty people together on like a custom night. I want to get into the same lobby. I want to have lots of fun with people that I know. Yeah, that makes sense. How like much that. Halo Infinite do you play? Uh, I haven't played a lot of Halo Infinite only because of. <sighs> Like the, okay, the game launched in a really good state in terms of like initial perception. Yeah. But then Halo to me, co op man. You gotta have co op. The fact yeah. that we uh, waited a year for it. The uh the custom lobbies are insane, are really fun, and there's a lot of new custom maps and custom game modes. Like there's a custom game mode where you play Mario Kart and your Master Chief is on like uh, a tiny warhog yeah. this big and you're like driving it like a freaking gorilla it's amazing there's a there's a lot of different me and philip we already talked about it ad nauseum but we were in uh multiple complete lobbies of of uh camp of custom games just playing gun game and stuff like that it was ridiculous and it's really fun so that's probably and it's free too so there's no barrier of entry for twitch 
viewers. So some of the some of the Forge stuff that they've done already, like we had uh, Sicker Mechanico from the Xbox Era podcast on our show, I think probably like three or four weeks ago now, and him just talking about how the level of tension that's gone into Forge as well. Um, like this is the thing. I'm more of a campaign co-op kind of guy. Like I've completed Halo MCC, um, which is a lot took- of work. Seven years, yep. It was a massive grind, but it got there in the end. Um, the only disappointing thing for me for like Halo Infinite is like I'll go in and play the odd multiplayer match just to have fun with friends, but the the main the main enjoyment factor to me will always be in the campaign, like having a yeah. really good campaign, speed running it, pulling off tricks like grenade jumps. Like once yeah. you can get grenade jumps like down, Pat, it's so much fun to just like mess around and try and get to like from invisible barriers and that kind of stuff one of the funny unique things about halo infinite now in co-op is uh since there's no collision you can grapple hook your buddy and fly through them mm. like you're drafting on need for speed and me and philip would do that a lot we had a couple of clips where we would fly off of an edge that we couldn't see through our partner <laughs> and yes. it'd just be death instantly but uh so we are a co-op podcast so we have a notable co-op memory that we always ask our guests about so do you have like a time growing up? Do you remember where you just really enjoyed co-op or it, it epitomized the co-op experience to you? See, growing up, growing up's a little bit of a hard thing because I I lived in a rural um, country farm, didn't have, I had dial-off connection. Um, pretty much the only memorable like co-op experience from I guess my younger years would be when Black Ops 1 um, came out. My my buddies were like massive, you know, Modern Warfare fans and all. I'm getting me into COD, and I'm just like, oh yeah, like I'll check it out. Yeah, Black Ops One, Kina Toten. We would just yeah. get a whole bunch of free sixties together, have a land party on a Friday Saturday night, and just stay up getting as many rounds done as as what we could. Like just mm-hmm. just stuff like that, just good land memories. But um, I mean, it's pretty solid. We've had a uh, we've had Call of Duty Zombies come up on the pod as someone's other memories before. I think it's come up like multiple times at this point, which is kind of weird because I I missed that boat because I was busy playing Halo Three still or Forge at the time. But See, I, I never I, got into the zombies. I was still playing like Halo on that back at the time, but because I this this is the thing with co-op experiences too. You really have to emulate like what's around you. Yeah. So if somebody else doesn't have Halo, like, all right, cool. Y- you being like a 15 year old trying to convince one of your mates to get a game and it's coming like usually for a lot of my mates, it's just like my parents particularly, no, you shouldn't be spending money on that and all that. If you want to go and spend money on video games, go and get a job. So that's what I did when I got a job, bought my own 360 and then bought my own games. Um, A lot of my mates were the same where it was like, Hey, if you want to buy video games, go and get a job. I'm not buying this stuff for you. Um, so convincing them was a uphill battle, but everybody kind of just COD was that one game that everybody just seemed to own. Of course, everybody loves COD. Yeah. What was really nice <laughs> with uh, growing up next to Philip was uh, we would ju- I would just go to his house, and when, even when he wasn't home, his mom would just let me in the back door, and I would just take <laughs> games that I wanted to play and just go back to my house. And eventually, like hours later, I'd have Philip knocking on my door, and he'd be like, "Hey, Nave, uh, did you take some of my games?" Yeah, yeah, yeah I should have Bioshock 2. Sorry. <laughs> Bioshock 2. Classic that everyone needs to play. I will say the other one at a LAN party too that we always used to gel with was um, 
Just the good old glory days of like rock band and guitar hero. Oh yeah. We are big uh rock band fans. Which Nate? Yeah, that's my podium. Uh, my podium is this rock band drum set. So you can stand out it. <laughs> Break out the sticks every once in a while. Which do you have some instruments? I uh let me just Oh Philip's gonna try and buy these instruments <laughs> off of you. No, there's no way. Plus the shipping would be terrible. Have to import oh, look, them or right there in the corner. Right there in the you corner. See? Oh you got no, them all. That's the Look, the in the corner of his room on the near the ceiling. That's his uh that's Guitar Hero drum World set. Tour's drum set. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm standing in front of it now, aren't I? Um the good old explorer. You gotta have the wide one. You've yeah, yeah. wide one. Yeah. Um so I went through like a massive craze. Uh I think it was in last year, the year before, of just trying to pick up any three sixty peripheral. Um, yeah. before they just basically went like dude that guitar the- hero that xbox 360 uh guitar hero 2 controller is worth money now because of clone hero because mm. because it's usb it's got the usb port it can just be plugged into computers and people play clone hero with it oh i wish i the had one old, the good old keypad one yeah me uh, and philip had guitar. that yeah, classic. Yeah, that's the only reason I don't Rock have the completion on Rock Band Three is because I do not know how to play the fucking piano, <laughs> and that those training missions are hard. I think the drum one is really hard as well for pro drums. I think the only things I'm missing right now is I've, oh, I've tried so hard to get the converter for. Uh, oh yeah, for the Rock for Xbox One. Yeah, to to play like on Xbox One and Series X, and just Rock Band Four peripherals are like just way too expensive oh yeah like it sucks like i've gone to like the the secondary market to fix my strum bars and stuff like that i have to crack the freaking thing open and splice wires together yeah god it's it's scary there's no soldering it it, it clamps in but thank god (laughs) because i'd probably burn my fucking hand off if i had to solder something see i like i don't care about like you know quad being uh Sorry, I don't care about like COD or the old RTSs being acquired or anything with the Activision Blizzard deal. All I want is somebody to make new plastic instruments. That's yeah. all I want. <laughs> Man, when I saw the when I saw Epic acquire harmonics, I was like, so there's a chance. And it's like they're working on Fortnite. And I'm like, oh no. There's not there's a chance. No chance. <laughs> Thank God they're still releasing uh they're still releasing songs. They just recently released that uh FCP remix song from Guitar Hero 3 that that uh bonus song oh, yeah. makes me wonder how the many people are Troy, i think it's called on like the, the legacy rock band team at this point like how I many guys do they have just sitting around skeleton yeah, sure. yeah. they, they've got like a few people just con- constantly like there's still content every week coming out i'm pretty sure yeah well that's the thing so they have so they have some new songs that they have to chart but they also every now and then release songs that are from the old rock band network because those songs never transferred over um so that that is literally almost always just a straight uh rip like they they don't have to do any work for that they just use the same exact charts that they have already but (sighs) oh yeah right here the only ones i haven't been able to get other than for like rock band three is same guitar yeah yeah the problem with this the problem with the red fender the one that they released after mad cats uh went bankrupt um this was made by pdp but this one has a really loosey-goosey strum bar or not a strum yeah. bar but a, a a fretboard feels like it's gonna get ripped off because it's made to fold like this Ooh, that's pretty more cool. portable but it but because of that it feels like it's gonna break in half all the time 
Well, wasn't there? There was an issue with the other ones that had the um, that kind of mechanic where a lot of people put like little bits of cardboard in to bridge the gap. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah, because I think. I don't know. Maybe there's people that do that with elite controllers too for the bumpers. God, <laughs> why do peripherals just suck nowadays? I don't know. It's so yeah. weird. My PlayStation hey, One controller still works like perfectly from like 1999. <sighs> I plan on picking up uh, a mic in Rock Band eventually, so mean you can jam Nave. I have been a huge proponent because Rock Band Four is available digitally. I've been a huge proponent of just buying Rock Band Four and a. $15 USB microphone because any USB microphone works with Rock Band and just using it as a karaoke machine. That's the plan. I, th that's the thing too. Like, um, I didn't realize until I think a few months ago how good Rock Band is for just using for karaoke as an alternative to like just sing and oh, yeah. those and kind of that, things. The, the thing that people don't uh, understand about Rock Band 4 is that it still has the vocal harmonies. So you yeah. can have three microphones plugged in at, at one time and the game will give you three different bars on a lot of different songs like Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody anyone? Like that's that yeah. exists and that is in, that's so incredibly fun. Like I I'm okay with the odd occasional like I've got a 3-year-old daughter so I'll buy like just singing all that for like mm. you know I think there's like Frozen songs and that kind of yeah. stuff on there. But yeah, hey, essentially... I don't just seen songs <laughs> or games. I mean, it's fine. I'm the yeah. Queen one. Um, yeah, I mean, Queen, you need to get Queen if you're going to get any, yeah. But the other ones, it's just like, all right, cool. There's a lot of songs on there that I've got absolutely no idea. I'd much rather just play <laughs> Rock Band 4, not have a guitar. Yeah. yeah, I don't have any guitars or any plastic instruments for Rock Band 4. All I've got is three microphones. It's very sad how the state yeah. of things. State of things. Which, let's see the state <laughs> of our gaming week. We are going to talk about Risk of Rain 2, but before we get there, let's see what games we've been playing this week. So, Cam or Cameron, I'm not sure which one you wanted to go by. We'll go with Cam. That's yeah, you from now cool. on. Uh, what have you been playing this week? I already talked about Space Warlord Organ Trading Simulator a little bit. Yeah. Um, really good for a simulation game. Unfortunately, I think it probably will have left Game Pass by the time this comes out. Yeah, I think so. But definitely a game worth checking out for an easy completion. And um, it's just one of those games that has like a really smooth gameplay mechanic of going and buying organs for cheaper prices and then upselling them, finding the right person who's going to pay the right price. Um, that's been really good. Other than that, I have been just playing co-op experiences with uh, a little bit of Halo Infinite going through doing the updated achievements for the multiplayer. Uh, a little bit of Gunfire Reborn, which actually reminds me of Risk Rain 2 quite a bit. That's the game that I wa was watching you play on stream, and I thought it was Risk of Rain for a little while. It's... <laughs> because I hadn't played Risk of Rain yet. I mean, Risk of Rain 2 has more of a verticality to it, whereas in this is kind of feels like Risk of Rain's mechanics missed with Borderlands in terms yeah. of like a cell shade art style. Um, and then the other non-co-op game that i've been playing is gungrave gore which is really rough around the edges but if oh, you man. want like a yeah it's one of those like it's very nostalgic in the way like a ps2 kind of game plays where you know you're essentially just going in very narrow linear corridor kind of levels killing a lot of things and then progressing was this like a dmc shooter type thing or what is this yeah i more more just like underground labs like there's a lot of like level kind of repetition 
um, especially mm-hmm. in the designs. But it's very much like that, yeah, Devil May Cry kind of style. style to it. Yeah. Action style. It's like that cool factor of like, hey, I've got guns. I can shoot all these things and do a whole bunch of like, you know, weird, wacky kind of gun movements. But naturally, yeah. like there's no real story. It's, yeah. All action. Um, it's all action and there's a train level that is absolutely living hell. I mean, if you, you're going to get to the train level, I think it's like the fifth level in and then you're going to be like, okay, this is what makes it or breaks it for me. Is this one level? Yeah, there's one level, and I'm not going to be surprised if 90% of people just throw the controller. I mean, that's how some games are. You know, they always have that one level. It's like, why am I even bothering with this? That train is the Ornstein and Smog of Gungrave Gore. Oh, God. (laughs) The Dark Souls of Dark Souls games. Uh, And then the only other one, like, I feel everybody else has been playing is Vampire Survivors. Got the completion for that. It is an addiction. Um, Thankfully, I can pull myself away from games as soon as I get all the achievements. But um, did you get the two extra ones that got added a few days ago? Yeah, that's what. As soon as I completed it, they were like, "Hey, we're bringing more," and I'm like, "Oh God, what's gonna happen?" But they were really easy. I got them both in one one level. It's really funny about that though, because how Xbox is meant to work with title updates is there's meant to be a six month grace period. Oh really? Yeah. So when they when they first released the game, there was 1,200 gamer score. So it's like, it's weird, yeah? Because if that happens, it's usually accompanied by a title update. So they'll yeah, have yeah. the 1K and then the title update or whatever gamer score. Yeah, and I was know, really confused about that too. Because yeah. when you go on true achievements, it, it picks it up as the whole base game is that. It doesn't, yeah. it usually will separate title updates like that, but it didn't do it for this game in particular. So I'm wondering if it's because it was a PC Game Pass title first and there's like a little bit more leniency towards them and how they do their achievements oh yeah if, maybe because of like straight rips from steam they always have the same pc uh, achievements right and steam doesn't have i don't think they have like a limit on achievements so no, like team fortress no. has like 900 achievements it's it's like crazy I, I think i think steam does have a limit but it's something like ridiculous like 50k or <laughs> like something oh uh, oh good I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what it is because I started work I actually work in uh game dev now for a publisher but I can't remember what their upper limit is. Yeah, cuz it's like Elder Scrolls Online has a billion achievements but only a handful of them are actually transferred onto the Xbox, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a lot of in-game achievements. But most of the Xbox achievements are for like getting all of these in-game achievements, like these couple, and it's like, oh, this is, this is a lot of work. Not good, yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, let's see. Yeah, so Steam, Steam achievements are goofy, and there's cards that you can trade. Now, yeah, you I've never computer, understood so you get on Steam. Yeah, oh, I've never understood it. What? I was gonna say, I was drinking on uh, Friday night, right? And Black Friday. Yep. Yeah, Black Friday, and I saw come up on my Instagram. It was like, hey, there's stuff going on on Newegg, and I'm like, I'll go look, see if there's like a nice little PC. You there was this like, no, there was this like $1,800 pre-made computer that was being sold for $900, and I was like, mm-hmm. what? And then I went through all of, I went through everything. I was on the checkout screen, Philip. It was like, it was gonna be like, like $1,120, right? And okay. I go into my bank account, and it is like $1,220, and I'm just like. Oh, when did I get paid? 
today. Oh, God. Uh, oh, no. And so I sat there staring at the screen for like 30 minutes, I swear, just like, am I buying this computer and living off of like $50 for two weeks? Am I going to do it? And then Don't I ended do up it. not doing it. I got scared. And then I came back on Saturday, and it was like $1,100. Like it, the discount was not as much. I was like, damn. Oh, well. But it was a nice computer. It was a nice Good. computer. I mean, there's still uh, Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know how any of this shit works. I'll check again. I just Which, found it. Steam achievements limited to 5,000 achievements per game. Oh, bummer. Only 5,000? Yeah. Yep. I just need to release right. one game with like 5,000 one game, one game of score achievements. That'd be a lot of achievements. Yeah. That would piss me off. Nave, what have you been playing lately? Uh, well, I've been playing a little bit of Pentiment. Just came out on Game Pass. This has been out on Game Pass for a while when this episode comes out. But um, really freaking sweet, Philip. I don't know. Hmm. I'm fucking burping a million times now. But I don't know if you've like heard anything about this game. But I didn't hear much. Uh, so I went into this blind and pleasantly surprised. Because at first I was just like, what the fuck am I playing? You know what I mean? <laughs> but then yeah. there's some there are some pretty awesome narrative hooks and I'm like on like the second act. I w- I guess I'll describe it as the second act of the game. I don't know how many acts there are. I don't know if this is the second half or what. But um, it's it's a little compelling. And I would I would compare it to Danganronpa. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, which gives away a little bit. But <laughs> like it's there's some interesting like uh situations it's like Rampa if the game didn't stop you from leaving a room before you got all of the information oh no I mean, yeah so <laughs> which makes the game very cool like there are there are things where you have to like figure out you have like 10 leads and then you only have enough time to do like five of them and you're so you just good luck if you and then you just get, make your decisions after that so it's it's really cool if you're into uh, those kind of games and it it seems to have tons of replayability because this is made by obsidian and you can tell because it's like mm. you make your character and it's like what's what country did you study from i went studied in venice and it's like all right and do you like it's like what is your personality type i like to have sex with ladies and then it's like and you That's just make pers- this you just go <laughs> down it. this list of things and you create this character and even in act two it gives you additional things it's like what did you do during this extra time that the, that has passed it's so cool and it makes me want to replay it but it's like a book philip <laughs> so, so it's much really reading. long it's really really long there's no voice acting and so but and everything is like speech bubbles and it's like writing but it, what's really cute about this game is everyone has their like unique right like style of talking. So like when you talk to the the minister, he's very eloquent. So they write it very eloquently, and it's all taking place in like the 1400s or whatever. You know what I mean? Like Renaissance yeah. times. Like the Martin Luther. It, that's whenever it's taking place. Is when Martin Luther did all of his stuff. Because that's a that's a, uh, a story mo- story point. Mm. But um. There are there like the printing press exists and there's one guy who makes the printing press and every time he talks he just goes stamps like words into his speech bubble and they're all shitty because the printing press <laughs> oh, is new yeah. so like there's a lot of like wrong like wrong like uh, markings and stuff sometimes it gets printed Funny. upside down and there's this one character who like multiple t- there's multiple characters when you when you get to know them their speech bubble changes like there's this guy who's like 
herding sheep and he has like scraggly writing and then you learn that he's literate and he actually knows latin and then his his writing erases and then changes to eloquent writing it's so cute (laughs) i love it there's so many cute little things like when when the people are talking like words will be misspelled and then it'll rub it out and then rewrite the word it's like i I love it there's so many little little cute things that make this game so charming um, you just have to be able to withstand reading for hours at a time. But on a work day, this game had me up till 3 a.m. And I had no idea it was 3 a.m. I thought it was like 11 p.m. And I had to wake up at 5 a.m. So I had two hours of sleep that day because I was like just trying to like figure out what was going on in Pentiment. And that's huge praise for me because I'll fall asleep on the couch. It's like, all right, why were you up all night? I was up all night reading. Yeah, no, let's say like, it was a fourteen hundred uh, fantasy game I was playing. Yeah. Now the big question I have for you is: Have you messed around with the most important feature of all? I don't the know. Head, the head, the heads can scale up. The you heads can, can scale up. Is that the? There's a head scaler in the options menu that lets you make like a big head mode. <laughs> and that includes I the can't animals I as well. That. I can't believe I missed that because you there's a there's a. Uh, accessibility option to turn off the fancy type right because it's hard some people it is hard to fucking read sometimes like i have to i'll only understand like 50 percent of the words and i just kind of use context clues to figure out what the rest of the words are because they're so embellished and stuff but i mean that sounds pretty cool i'm definitely gonna play that sooner more than later because of course you recommend a a game to me every three days nave i can only play so many games god that's how i feel i only play 10% 10% of every game. That's how I get to do, that's how I get to do this. Other than that, I've been playing Kingdoms of Amalar Re-Reckoning, the, oh, the re-release. Like bad Fable. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> Fable kind of. It looks more like World of Warcraft. I was I was streaming it from Melissa and, and we were having this discussion uh, because she thought it looked like ESO. And I and so we were having it, it, that's what it looks like. It looks like World of Warcraft ESO Fable. And so the game is very fun. The game is has it has a lot of like customize customizability, and it feels really good. And one thing that multiple people have said to me now, which because uh, uh, Don Trey and Jesse came over and they were like, "What are you playing? Some kind of knockoff God of War?" And really? I'm like, "This game does look like God of War, doesn't it?" Because I'm using these. There are a bunch of different weapons you can use in this game, and I'm using these weapons called the Chakra, and they are literally just the Blades of Chaos in god of war except they're like little circles that you throw and they come back to you right but they have usually like an element on them and i had fire on mine so they looked exactly like the blades of chaos in the uh og god of war games um but yeah kingdoms of amalar kind of a little addicted to it i looked at how far i am and i'm not far at all (laughs) there's you can see the full map and i'm just in a in a tiny corner of it so far and i've been playing for like five or six hours so it's a lot of play. It's a lot yeah, of I don't know. But this is the good thing about it. Okay, so there's fast travel whenever you discover things, right? Oh, he's, some big heads. Cameron's showing us the big head mode, and that's I, I had pretty to funny. It. Everyone look up big head mode Pentiment because it looks really silly. I don't know how you're supposed to take it seriously when it's like that. Is the game I, serious? I it's 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 mostly serious. It's ha- it's kind of like depending on how you react to people because it's 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 all choice based. So you can like choose to be like pious or you can choose to be like a heathen and like disobey the church at any moment you want. But it's it it, it comes down to like trying to play the role of your character, Andreas. And so um, it, it's it's really good. 
Pentiment. Um, Kingdoms of Amal are also really good. Also, if you're looking for that 360 itch, this game is a 360 game in spades. The first thing I would recommend to everyone, though, like, raise the FOV for the love of God. I have not many times gotten actual motion sickness from a fucking video game, but I got motion sick playing Kingdoms of Amalar with the FOV right up my character's fucking butt crack, right? I, I was, <laughs> I didn't know, I was so happy to find that. And you can also raise the camera too. So the way I'm playing it, it looks a lot more like World of Warcraft than it did before. Okay, like before, it, before the camera was really close, it was almost over the shoulder style but like and so you have you have like no vision so you have to turn all the time to see your surroundings so it's kind of actually i'm playing it more like dragon age origins because that camera is way the far out way far out as well but uh game is really fun also when you get the re-reckoning you get all of the dlc weapons and armor and stuff and you get that stuff right at the beginning of the game in the first town and there's one set of armor called the shepherd armor and it is mass effect armor and you get the omni blades from mass effect oh, 3 perfect. and so i was running around like decked out in mass effect armor for a while all right do you have any more games nah all right. i've been a simple uh, boy these past few weeks i also feel like i've been pretty simple uh during thanksgiving i had jp over from our uh, last of us episode of listening together and i made him play like three hours of edf with me just grinding out levels nice uh, that we've been playing halo of course mm-hmm. I started Danganronper 2, and I was very Extra surprised nice. by some of the, the twists that happened in re- relative to the first game. But another game I want to talk about that I put on my list, Lupin or Lupine, the bunny game on that just came in the Game Pass. I was like, yeah, I saw it, the preview game. Yeah, man, that game is brutal. Like, I'm not sure who the audience what? for that game is. Yeah, because I thought like, <laughs> oh man, I love Watershed Down. I love bunnies. Like, I'm going to go play this bunny game. I jump in there because I I'd finished playing Requiem and I need something lighter. Man, that game is light, fluffy, and everything's cute and pastel colors, very pretty. But the platforming is super Meat Boy levels of obnoxious. <laughs> oh, like, the walls are covered in spikes. You're being chased by a weasel. At the same time, it's going to rip your throat out. Also, you have to do, like, these precision jumps where you have to land inside bubble flowers to get your, your dash reset. So it's kind of like, um, what was that one? Yeah, it was, it's like, it was harder than Celeste. Because I beat Celeste with not too many issues, even though I died thousands of times in Celeste. I'm like, this game isn't that hard. I just die a lot. It's okay. But this bunny game, I'm like, I don't know if I'm gamer enough for this game on some (laughs) level. (laughs) So, Nave, I know you love 2D. I know you love Struggle. So I want you to go play Lupin. I was looking at it already just from the aesthetics, but that's really funny that it's hard. (laughs) It's so funny because I can't tell the audience because I've only played like an hour of it. And I can't tell the audience for this game because I'm like, oh, is this a game for Poo Poo Babies? No. Poo Poo Babies cannot be this game. I'm like, my, I don't know, my 10-year-old daughter or my 15-year-old probably couldn't beat this game. And so th- this game isn't for little girls, I guess. Uh, I mean, is this game for me? Maybe. Because the dialogue is super kind of light and fluffy. It's like the rabbits have to leave their home because the humans are doing construction in the park and the construction noise is too loud on their ears. Not to mention it might collapse their burrows and kill them. But they need to leave their homes to go to a new home. But then at the same time, everyone's just, it's just super fluffy and silly and everyone's nice to each other. I'm like, oh, this is kind of hug circle This is a little too soft and cheesy for me. But then the weasel shows up and the rabbit's like, yo, dude, that weasel's fucking pissed off. And I'm like, whoa, language, buddy. <laughs> 
Like, okay, he doesn't drop any F-bombs, but he definitely uh, talks about how pissed off the weasel is, and now it's going to kill you if it gets a hold of you. And like, this got violent really fast. But I'm going to keep playing that. But uh, backlog busting, I have reverted back to 9.6% through my backlog, even though I finished games, because I keep Great. getting new games. But uh, I also uh, got all the achievements in Vampire Survivor. So join the club, I guess. Uh, but be Plague Requiem. Uh, listeners at home, you don't need to play the first plague. The first plague is just like a origin story. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, Cam, have you played any of the plagues? No, I, I need to. I need to. I played the I played Tale Innocence, but I haven't played yeah. Requiem at all. I feel like you can skip Innocence and just play Requiem because Requiem mm-hmm. feels like three plague tales in one after playing Innocence. Because Innocence is short. Innocence is like yeah. seven hours or something like that, if that. But I don't even know how long it took me to beat Requiem, but it felt so long. And you go through so many adventures along the way where you meet a star-studded cast of you got the the X Knight, and I'm like, oh, this is like Game of Thrones. So you got the Pirate Queen, and I'm like, this is getting a little high adventure for me. And the next thing you know, you and a you know your rat piss brother are going on a uh, what was that one? Midsummer with the cult? No, no spoilers or anything like that. But things just keep escalating, escalating, and. Man, it also, this game does like a weird, annoying thing at the end. No, still no spoilers. But there's a point where it's like, oh, how are you going to solve this puzzle? And they're like yelling the answer at you. And I'm like, I know the answer. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I, I got the answer. Not be- because you were yelling at me. Also, because I was paying attention. I- I've been paying attention for the last nine hours when you've been trying to hammer home the same lesson to me that maybe murder isn't always the best choice. So... Th- that reminds me, like a lot of my podcasts have been talking about God of War and like, uh, and also Horizon Zero Dawn in relation having this constant like need to tell you the answers to the puzzles that are in front of you, <sighs> and they but people are like pointing their finger like the God of War Brigade is on full defense mode right now actually, but uh, <laughs> one of my podcasts I listen to, uh, Defining Duke, Mr. Matty plays. They got all in his fucking business because his game of the year is Plato Requiem, and he's just they're like that game is full of that shit. And no, he's just they like, got I better. don't remember. I was like, I don't remember. No. So Requiem, I don't know. they don't do it as bad as they did in the first game. The first game was god awful. It was like you walk mm. into a room and you're like, yo, but that glowing chest over there looks like it could be awfully loud if I threw a rock at it and maybe distract everyone in the room so I could run past. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, we can I'll 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 think about that. You know, like I'll think about using that strategy. <laughs> but then in this one, they give you a lot more freedom in your movements, even though I'm not super into the stealth game type. But the ending just pissed me off so bad because you have to fail twice before they let you succeed it. And it's, it just felt like it was wasting my time because it's like you walk in a room and Amisha's like, I don't know what I need to be doing. I can't do her accent, but she's like, and then they're like, Amisha, do the, do the thing, do the thing. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do the thing. And then she's like, I don't know. And they're like, Amisha, do the thing. And then they kill you. Make you replay the level again. And she says something different this time. Like they get like meta with it at one point and i'm like god this is so annoying and finally they're like okay do the thing and she's like i know what i must do and i'm like god we knew what you needed to do the first time but i guess you had to be there for the narrative or something it was just annoying yeah because it's like i feel like i'm role-playing as a in the game but whenever i lose control of the character because she decides she wants to be banana brains for like three seconds and just you know pretend to be a monkey in the corner i don't know what she's doing oh oh that's the thing that's a thing in Danganronpa when you're trying when you're role playing as your character that you're playing in any of the games and you know the answer but your character doesn't know the answer you're so you have to get in the mindset you. of someone no. who doesn't know the answer. They're like, "What would I say if I didn't know this obvious thing?" 
Dude, okay, there's one point in Danganronpa 1, this made me so mad, where you're going to get framed for something, and your character, I'm like, okay, I need to use this evidence or whatever, but I need to remember, it. like, I know there's this weird stuff going to come up, and this is going to hamstring my argument. And so they get up there, and they start talking, and uh, one of the characters you think is your friend, like, I'm like, all right, here's this evidence, but uh, I know there's this wrong with it. And instantly, she jumps in and she's like, yes, but how do you explain this? And I'm like, well, I was actually going to explain that. But now I have to go through a whole side path of defending myself. All of a sudden, it's like, I wish I could have just been my character and put that out in the open to begin with. Because now everyone doesn't trust me because they think I was hiding something, even though I knew about it and I wasn't hiding it. And I wanted to explain it. But in the story, it wouldn't let me. God, maybe I, don't, I don't know why. My mind just immediately jumps to 12 minutes, too. Like when you, oh, like you yes. know the you know the answer to stuff, but that game isn't making that connection for you. It's like, all right, you have to click the photograph on the fridge to actually get the characters to understand where your mental thinking is, and it's so annoying. And then um, it becomes co- a speed run. Yeah, <laughs> the speed. My my oh, co-host yeah. said that the ending for Playtale Requiem was like pretty bad, though. Pissed him off for quite a lot of the rest of the game. Oh, really? But he does mm. want to talk to people. How do you how do you feel about that? Like, do you think the ending like that's a lot better than the first one? The first one was terrible. How about Gears ending. of War Five? What do you think about Gears of War Five or Plague Tale Requiem? Which ending was worse? Uh, Plague Tale Requiem. Gears of War Five had a better ending, I thought. What are you consider? I mean, not the specific <laughs> ending, but the stuff leading up to the ending, the last like chapter, all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. You think you've lost me at this point? I'm not sure. Yeah. What no, the choice you have to make at the end of Gears Five. You don't remember yeah. that? We yeah, I remember that twenty-minute argument on that episode. Okay, yeah, it's bad, but <laughs> play, play, finish Plague, and God then damn it. I'll know what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, you convinced me because I never finished Plague Innocence, and I'll I'll go play Rec Room if I really don't need to beat it. I don't think you need to be the first one because okay, they basically pretend like the first one didn't happen, and it's it's so weird. The game's weird. I love the art style. I love the setting. I I like the character. Setting's like, good. Okay, the little boy gets better. All right, spoilers. Good. I heard the boy gets better too. And the little boy, he, he's sick. He's got the rat piss in his blood, and it makes him go crazy. Uh, halfway through, he's really annoying and obnoxious. But then uh, eventually, he ascends to rat god. Spoilers, <laughs> <laughs> and he stops, he stops being a little baby. Oh, that was it. There's one point that really blew my mind in it, though. This is spoilers. Uh, Amicia goes through some bad times during the game. And what? I know. And at one point, you're escaping, and you're like, we need to find a way out of this room. So you split off to do the naughty dog thing of just moving ladders and stuff and over the shoulder camera. And she's they're like, Amicia, you go look over there. And she's like, okay. She walks in the other room. I walk over to a table. Then you lose control of your character. She grabs the table and starts crying. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. Like, this is just out of nowhere. And I'm like, because things are bad at this point. This is like your lowest point mm-hmm. of the game. And things are... That sounds like it would make me cry. Probably. Yeah, like, I was like, holy crap. All of a sudden, this matters. Wait, this is just this like the draft scene in Last of Us. It doesn't have a, I was going to say, it doesn't have a crying minigame? No, there's no, <laughs> there's no Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. And this game made game of the year list? Oh, dear. Yeah. I don't know. Man, is dude, wait till you get to Danganronpa 3, bro. Dude, <laughs> I cried multiple times in 3, bro. Right. It's not. It's That game is not okay. But anyways, uh, if you're an average person, I recommend go play Plague Requiem. You'll probably enjoy it most of the time. Uh, if you're a, an above average person, go play Danganronpa 1. That's it. <laughs>
Anyways, Nate, what did you buy this week? Huh? Oh, nothing. The whole ca- the whole computer caboodle got me all scared about money. So now I'm on. I'm. I'm I froze my own bank accounts. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> smart move. Smart move. Uh, this goes right into our Patreon segment. Which Nate, we got a new patron. What? Yeah, we did. We did. I sent you a message about it and everything. I don't look at my fucking messages, dog. <laughs> yeah. So. Thank you, Insane Cracker 04. Welcome to our premium co-op partner rank. And once again, thank all our old co-op partners, Nick, Hoffel, Michael Superbacker, and Pinecone. With you boys, maybe we can get Navis 4080. <laughs> That's Jacob. <laughs> That's our friend Jacob. He was on our League of Legends episode. It is? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, unless okay. someone know unless it's one of his friends and then they just made it his gamer tag, because that's his gamer tag. Even better. I just assumed it was a random and moved on with my life. I sent him a message, too. Pretending I didn't know him. <laughs> I'm sure I'll hear about it. Perfect. He didn't message me back. I don't know how Patreon works. Does it send an email whenever you message someone? Yeah, it's supposed to send an email yeah. when you message them. We get emails back whenever they reply. I don't check my emails, Philip. Well, how about you check the Twitter, then? What, what did people say on the Twitter this week about Risky Rain 2? I forgot to make a... I forgot. What? This is like nine weeks in a row. No, I did one last week. Mm. right yeah i did one I, for halo last week and no one said anything oh uh, yeah i listened to a different episode yeah yeah because you didn't do it that time yeah do you didn't I, do I it on cuphead <laughs> i pretty consistently and like every other week i got the twitter down that's oh it my God. it's a bi-weekly right. thing now <laughs> let's take a quick break and then we can get into our game of the week the music plays do you need a I even woke break up early no nah, it should be good don't care, Nave. We're back. So this week, Risk of Rain 2 from Hopu Games, who made Risk of Rain and Deadbolt. What's Deadbolt? I feel like I, I recognize know. that. It's some shovelware. I have no idea. And it's published by Gearbox, who's famous for Desert Bus VR. Good old Gearbox. Uh, Risk of Rain 2 was released back in August of 2020, so it's an, it's an oldie, kind of, from a couple years back. And this is the Steam Store description. Escape from a chaotic alien planet by fighting through hordes of frenzied monsters with your friends or on your own. Combine loot in surprising ways and master each character until you become the havoc you feared upon your first crash landing. That's, that's a pretty accurate description. That first, mm. yeah, that's... Dude, that first landing was so bad. I was like, how the fuck do you play this game? This is impossible. Yeah, this game is so hard. So we'll start with you, Cameron. Do you have like a history of preconceptions with the game? You like so, to talk about? So I played the game... I believe in 2020, I got a physical copy that actually included Risk Brain 1 in the, um, like it was like a two-in-one kind of deal. So I played through Risk of Rain 2 with a few mates and really enjoyed my time with it. Um, you know, you're, it's it's not much different from your typical roguelike experience in like a 3D kind of environment, but it just does yeah. the game, like it just does everything so well. Like even the music adds so much atmosphere to the game. Um, I do have a very nostalgic co-op memory, though, with it because none of the loot is shared in the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there was one moment where I believe in the first... Uh, I don't know what the levels are called, but, like, whatever the first um, biome is, one of my mates was calling out a chest in the distance and he was running up to it. I had a really fast speed build... I yeeted off the side of a mountain, jumped down in front of him, and stole the chest from him. I mean, we can still remember that two years later because of how good, it, like how flawless it was. 
I bet this game is very chaotic once you get four players in it or, you know, yep. because when we played, it was just me and Nave. We, I think we found a random a couple times, but it, you know, they would never stay with us. Like if you get we four people together, just, it's just chaotic. It's very fun. It's just one of those games, like it's very much like Vampire Survivors, yeah, where you just, yeah. you just have that mentality of like, oh, I've got time. I'll do another run. And then suddenly it's 3 a.m. Uh, and you've, you know, read books all night. So... My history with this game or series is, first of all, I thought it was Salt and Sanctuary. I don't know. I got those two series mixed up in my head, which is a different indie game, not really related to this one. But I watched a different streamer play this game, and he was playing with a bunch of mods on it. And I went out and I gathered a list of, like, the most popular mods for this game. And I put them in there. Like, you can be Tracer. You can The whole DBZ cast is here. Team Fortress 2 cast, Samus, League of Legends, Pokemon. You can play as a Pokemon in this game, Nave. Or Yeah, maybe we should have played it on the PC. I know, right? If only you had a yeah. PC. Or I even found they have skins. They have a Hatsune Miku Artificer skin you can get. And <laughs> it, it looks like they had 2,498 people have downloaded the Hatsune Miku Artificer skin. Dude, why not? Do they are they just skins like in like no. in Left 4 Dead or do Some they give you abilities? Are completely new characters with abilities. Like all the Dragon Ball Z ones have their own abilities and different scaling and whatnot. Amazing. It's supposed to make them on par with the base cast. Same with Pokemon. Nave, what's your history with this series? Oh, also you bought me this game, Nave, because I was like, oh look, yes. it's Risk of Rain, and you were like, oh, it's only like seven bucks here. Um, I also thought this was a different game whenever I first bought it without even looking into it because i love playing games without knowing what they are because i don't know it's my favorite uh i i can't remember the name of the game though it's also something and uh, something something and something uh, it's the game i figured it out though it's the game where it is a roguelike and then every time you die you become the descendant of the person rogue legacy Rogue Legacy. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. No, no, I thought it was close. a second Rogue Legacy. <laughs> well no because i think Rogue Legacy 2 just came out recently didn't it not recently know, anymore uh sometime this year like yeah it was whenever it was around the time i bought risk of rain 2 i was like oh cool this is that game is co-op sick and then i thought that's what we were going to be playing and i was surprised it was not which uh just cover our hours played me and nave both put in about eight hours into this game cameron how how much hours do you think you've logged in risk of rain 2 i checked your achievements it's just under 70 oh my god that's so much so much for a roguelike game a connoisseur I had to had to go for the completion really you you yeah. did it all even yeah, on like the harder difficulty everything i've got both one and two done and i yeah i believe i did it all like co-op experience with uh four of us and yeah really enjoyed my time with it like you know just i like i can't remember much from the game other than just jumping off the side of the cliff and sitting in that box but i remember that i really enjoyed it uh, <laughs> that one I rated it a 5 out of 5 out on TA so I must have really loved it yeah this was the one game... of those games that I was kind of looking at also and going hmm it's a, there's the potential of me just playing this until I get the all the achievements in it it's, it's one of those games though that has that really like I'll keep going to, back to Vampire Survivors but because of the cost of it like there's been that many sales that it's been you know like yeah. 5, 7 bucks um, when I bought the physical copy, it had five bucks for both games. And like Risk of Rain 1, which I'm not sure if you two are familiar with, is essentially the same game as 2, but it's 2D. Okay, I think that's I, what I was thinking about, because Song yeah. Sanctuary is 2D as well. 
Yeah. Has the exact same mechanics like with the upgrades and everything. It's just on a 2D plane rather than a 3D plane. And it's like so, one of the Steam comments was it's essentially like how Mario's upgraded from yeah. like that 2D experience to like Mario 64. And it's so similar in that way too of like it's essentially the exact same game but just in a whole different environment. Like, you know, another D adds so much more. Which is, this feels like a Kickstarter game and I think it was. Like we yeah. you saw the backers list and everything. Uh, this game seems like I don't know, the game that people were looking for when they're like, I want a co-op game that's semi-roguelike that has all these different like character classes. Uh, but one thing kind of hamstrung it is that initial playthrough or whatever, because it only gives you the stu- two like starting classes to start out with and they're very basic. Mm. Like it's like a soldier and then like an archer. And I remember whenever I first started out the game and played it, I'm like, these classes feel terrible. And I was really not into this game when we first started playing. But then once Nave got in there, and we started unlocking the more complex classes that actually let you have fun. Yeah. That's yeah. whenever the game was started being fun. So I don't know. It I was like, kind of like a thank God moment whenever yeah, I unlocked I thought this the, game was going to be bad. What, who was the guy I ended up sticking with with the blunderbuss? That guy? It's like the hunter maybe or something. Mm. The bandit. I, thought I was, was going to say hunter too, but I think the hunter is that called second the first class. The bandit. Yeah. yeah. That it's, guy was sick. It's funny though, like Rowlight's kind of all have that issue. Even Vampire Survivors, the first few runs like feel very clunky in such a way. Yeah. And then you get you're, like, like your first 30 minute run and it's like, oh my God, this game is like crack. This game is like stru- straight crack. It wasn't, what really hooked me is when we won, when we made it all the way and we killed, mm. uh, I don't remember his name, Lothar, oh, the king of nothing at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just like this giant monster dude with a hammer head and a hammer at the same time, I think. I don't remember. But once we beat him, I'm like, okay, we can keep playing. And then we like kept going after that point because that's whenever it was like, wait, this this isn't meant to be... I don't know. You don't win every time. This is like when you're playing mm. Left 4 Dead on Expert or Realistic Difficulty where 90% of your runs are going to end real fast. But yeah. that 10% where you actually make it, you will feel more alive than you did at any other point while you're playing the game tonight. Yep, agreed. Which we only made it once. Yeah, it, so, this game is hard. It is <laughs> real is hard. Really hard. I don't even know how we made it the first time. Because we know. just breezed straight through it. And then we had multiple runs afterwards where I'm like, dude, we're going to make it. I'm so strong. And then we would just get smacked into the fucking ground by one attack. Yeah, it's like we just get in skilled. Yeah. That's okay. We need to talk about the way the difficulty works in this game. Because the whole premise is the longer you're in the game, the higher the difficulty scales. And this is like really a, cool a multiplication type scale type thing where it starts out. It's like very easy, goes to easy, medium, hard, very hard, impossible, ridiculous. And then it starts getting them just like, it says like, I'm coming to get you. And then it just goes, ha 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 ha. And just says like, ha ha. And it just gets farther and farther on the difficulty bar. Yeah. Just ha ha forever. The whole premise is we haven't really explained what you actually do in the game, but you drop down an ODST drop pods on the planet. You need to gather resources, basically level up as much as you can to find a teleporter, summon the boss, kill the boss, activate the teleporter, go to the next planet or next part of the planet or whatever. And you do that five times till you get to the final zone, which is like the center of a moon or something. I'm not even sure. And you have to be the final boss, then get to your ship and escape before the moon gets sucked into the void. Oh, you... 
Okay, I think that this is the thing too. The experience would be different for me because I think at one point in time, because this was an early access title, it didn't have a definite ending. Really? Oh. So there's actually an achievement on Xbox where it's deja vu, loop back to the first stage. Yeah. Because I think when you defeated that final boss, what would happen is you'll just do the drop bot ship animation again and go back to the exact same and still carry on your run. Is that still the case? Uh, no, I mean, I, the, the way the teleporters work, it's games got a random where you go. So we ended up getting that achievement where we just ended up back in Green Hill Zone number one. And we were like, hey, it's this place again. You know? It definitely was after we beat the first boss, though. And there was a moment mm. when we were playing where you were like, all right, this is the last biome. Then we're going to be the final boss area. And then we had another biome. And you're like, what the hell? And then we had another mm. biome. And then you were like, what the fuck is happening? And then yeah, we got the to the end? boss. So it was yeah. like seven like stages until we got to the end. Or maybe we were just really drunk and miscounting. I don't know what the hell happened. But <laughs> Blacked out Friday. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, just a couple things to highlight. So you have your initial character class, and they all have separate abilities and attacks. And this is kind of like passives, too. Like I think my favorite one was like... Yeah was a melee class that had a grapple hook and he was just like a loading machine or something like that. He was basically like uh, in alien, the, the big grabber claw forklift robot type thing. Only he was fast and he could like grapple hook onto things and jump around and he took no fall damage, which is what I liked about him because there was so much verticality and climbing in this game. I was always falling off a cliff somewhere. My favorite was that guy with the blunderbuss and his blunderbuss. Like it's, it's in, it's unintuitive, but you can shoot across the map with that damn thing. And it is so there were multiple times where me and Philip, especially at the beginning when we didn't trust each other with treasure chests anymore, uh, we started splitting up and going to the opposite sides of the map. I would go to the high ground and Philip usually would be somewhere in the middle to low ground. And I would just he would just be like, Nave, help. And I just start shooting across the map at the little fireball dudes because they glow and they're super easy to see. And he also has this freaking high noon fucking shoot shot. Yeah. And uh, if you kill something with it, it resets your cooldown. And at the beginning of the game, like the first two biomes, you will one shot those red dudes. So you just bah, 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 bah. As long as you can aim good, you will fucking nail those shots. It's freaking, and, it, and it's really satisfying if you get like six or seven in a row. And you're just like, oh man, I'm beating everyone's ass right now. He also had this, uh, I, I might be thinking of a different person now. There was another character who had back like backstab damage. That's the Which same character. Which character was that? It's the no, same it character. The same one. Yeah, because the character that had the blunderbuss also had the pistol. He had a like cloak dash that would let oh, him right. be invisible for like two seconds. Yeah, so he had this backstab damage, and I, I, Philip got to the point where he every single time we would get that item that gives you increased boss damage. I think it's the the uh, the armor piercing armor rounds, piercing bullets, yeah, uh, or or the uh, the glasses that increase your crit chance. He would be like, "Nave, come get this," and he'd ping it and he'd leave it there. And it, there were multiple times where I would kill the boss in like three or four seconds. Like I would, as soon as it spawned, I would dash behind it, double. I would sometimes double quadruple like slash depending on how many extra secondary attacks i had and then just boom 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 and just kill them in one freaking go and i'm just like this character is insane like i have barely have any items and i'm destroying these things yeah we definitely started doing like actual like kind of felt like meta builds where i would just get as tanky as possible just so i could try to hold aggro uh while you did most of the adc type damage like damn it seemed like you guys were more free-for-all when you were playing yeah, I I think I really gelled with the commando, but because it's been so long nice. ago, I'm not too sh- I'm not too sure. 
Is he the airstrike guy? Uh, That's the captain. The, the very, yeah, the commander is the very first the one you unlocked. He's very basic. He just has like a machine gun yeah. and he has like stun bullets. So, and he can oh, right. do a, an invincible Dark Souls roll. So he's like very basic, but I'm sure very capable as long as you can shoot straight. Yeah. Like, yeah, my, because my character would just die. If I got surrounded and I wasn't main engine, mm-hmm. I would just instantly die. And that would happen multiple times. Like the beginning of matches and Philip is like, oh no, I can't kill the boss yeah. by myself. Yeah, I have no damage, Dave. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the dive has, uh, Sorry, the commander has like a dive mechanic as well too. Like I was pretty much, how I usually play these kind of games is like very much speed upgrades and everything first. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I found, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, like Loder and a few of those other characters just felt a little bit more slower to play. But yeah. I think Loder's more melee He's focused. only melee. Uh, yeah. Yep. He has like an AOE that he can do slightly in the air, but it's really low damage mm-hmm. So, I mean, his biggest benefit is he builds a shield up as long as he's meleeing. So yeah. as long as he's doing damage, he usually won't die. So I can just go into a center of a, you know, boss rush or whatever and just start slapping everyone. And I'm like, Nave, I need you to kill him. While I'm just like <laughs> getting shot by everything. And me Which simps up and really around. nice with the character I was using because usually mm-hmm. they would make, it would get me easy access to the backs of enemies if he was getting all of the aggro. Another character that syncs up really well with that is the other character I used to play a lot, which was the the captain you said, the guy yeah, the who with the drop, the, the uh, what is it, the airstrikes? He yeah, can call in airstrikes. multiple airstrikes. And those things start to do damage after a little while, especially if you call multiple on one spot. I never, I don't think I, I think I maybe did it once with that character and you were the melee guy, but it's a, it's a pretty insane character and he can survive on his own for a while if you start getting cooldown reduction and stuff. So the classes are all very different. Uh, One thing I like about it is like, we talked about you get items and gear in this game. Uh, All the gear actually shows up on your character model when you get it. I love it. Hmm. It's just like the Binding of Isaac, how your character just gets more and more ruined as you go through a run. <laughs> uh, and this, like, uh, one of the ones we noticed is like, uh, there's ones like y- ukulele that makes all your attacks arc electrically to like your next one. It puts the ukulele on your your character's back. Or when you get the sunglasses, your character literally gets sunglasses that he just puts over his face mask because we're in it's space. It's really funny. There's it's really, stupid. there's a late, there's like a purple item, like a rare one that gives you a third arm that's holding out a knife. Like, yeah. you're, like you're a freaking, uh, in American side. What is it? Psycho? Yeah, psycho. <laughs> you just have a knife coming out of your side. Every time someone gets close to you, the knife just stabs down. <laughs> it's just <laughs> really stupid. Uh, trying to think what other, like, we had a lot of really interesting, uh, items too that were the equipment that you get to use with your Y button. This is like an extra ability that you get on multiple characters. And if you had one which was lightning, yes, which would get proc damage from your back attacks at the same time. And this lightning seemed oh like the most God. overpowered thing in the game. The lightning with that character and also getting like reduced cooldown and multiple charges on your equipment. Wow. Wow. And and it's it's infinite range. And it is it 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 targets. So it will have a you will just see a Y button off in the distance and you just press Y and it just <laughs> destroys a random enemy on the other side of the map. And I'm just like <laughs> just start running off. But uh Philip was right, we ended up fighting really late in the game. Uh, we ended up fighting one of the lava worms, and I had two of them, and I literally got it. It, it was like – I think we were in the difficulty just before ha, 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 the one I – like I'm coming to get you, yeah. and we were on medium difficulty to begin with. 
and I used both of those lightnings, and it dropped it from full health all the way down to like a quarter health. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> because it's so insane. Because I also had the things that gave me extra damage when they had 100% health or whatever, or 90% health, that other item. Yeah. God, dude, I was insane. And then I died in one shot, like on the next level <laughs> to a random enemy. Well, I think that's what Cam was talking about earlier, how he likened this so much to Vampire Survivors, where there are runs in Vampire Survivors where once you realize what the good weapon combinations are as you're leveling up, you're like, I can't lose. Like, this game will literally never yeah. end unless I intentionally end the game. It's, it's one of those things that, like, as soon as you know what you're going for, it just you're just depending on the RNG. Yeah. Like, as long as you get the good RNG, like, you know what's going to constitute a good run or what's you know you're five minutes in and going like all right well this isn't the best start. this is a bad run <laughs> yeah you'll have those kind of players though that just like want to get the maximum output um i just remember the lunar weapons did you just mess around with the lunar stuff quite a bit or we only uh, got it one time i think once yeah there was a there was a lunar weapon i'm trying to remember what it was called like have a look essentially acts as a glass cannon where you deal double damage but take double damage as well and that yeah. was really fun to mess around with. There was one where me and Philip, the first time we ever got it, we both got lunar weapons. And my lunar weapon, I can't remember what it did because I hardly ever read when things popped up on the screen. <laughs> I hardly ever read it. But uh, it replaced my right bumper with its own ability. And I think it was just a buff. Oh, I don't remember it. what the buff it was. It lets you apply marks on enemies and then you could detonate them. Oh, it's like Callista from League of Legends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We figured that out. But the problem was, was whenever I would die, it would just go to Philip. And then Philip's right bumper got reset. And Philip was playing that captain whose right bumper is the strongest ability of his, which is calling down those airstrikes or whatever. <laughs> and so Philip couldn't do that airstrike any Or no, it was the other thing. It was dropping down those two support things. The oh, one yeah, that the makes you columns. Yeah. Like heal and stuff or whatever, or attack damage. I can't remember. I never used it. But um Man, and then Philip had to survive without all of that, and he had been saving it for the end, so he's just like, damn it, Nave, damn it. Oh, well, one of my lunar items I got or whatever was the, it was like the Cursed Crown or something like that, and it was like, you would generate gold on killing enemies or just or damaging enemies, that was it, but you would also lose your gold when you got hit. And in this game, gold is everything. That's how you open your chest. That's how you get new items. That's how you get stronger. And in the beginning of each level, you start with zero gold. And you're just like, I need money. Because all of the mm. items are always better than what you had in the previous level. Like, it's never like, oh, I don't want this item. You want every item you can get. Uh, the yeah. only thing that really matters is like when I was like, maybe I can give this item to Nave and he'll get more use out of it than I will. But you, you are searching for every item you can grab. And so whenever I was making that much money, that's when we ran into a problem of having too much money, but nothing to spend it on, which is the other side of the coin. When you're like, we spent too much time in this level because now I have 4,000 monies, but all the chests lock when you get to the boss area or when you activate the boss. Or if it took us so long to find the boss that the difficulty is now in impossibly hard, ha 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 difficulty, it doesn't matter what items we got because we're going to get one hit whenever something eventually hits us. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. The, I think yep. the really cool thing about this game, and it's it's similar to Vampire Survivors in a way, which is in Vampire Survivors, you eventually unlock the ability to re-roll your, the items you get on level up or banish things or like skip. I don't know why you'd ever skip. I guess if you ran out of re-rolls and, ban and, and banishes, but you can do that. Uh, 
in every in in uh, every level. And this game has a similar thing, but uh, you can take your items that you pick up, but you don't actually want that aren't actually benefiting your build, and you can grind them up into just scrap. They call scrap, it. yeah. I was gonna say like porridge or something. I can't remember what the hell it was. <laughs> because you're grinding up like mushrooms and stuff sometimes. But yeah, you grind it up into scrap, and then you find these things, these 3D printers, and they each print out a specific item and they're all random and they're put all over the map and there are lots of them in one map and if you know what if you know what the item you want looks like like if you want the uh the The mushroom that heals you yeah the sunglasses or something anything uh you can put random items into that and then get that item back but if you have scrap from scrapping things you specifically didn't want, then you can put the scrap in there and then get the thing back. That way it doesn't randomly take something you actually want, like crit damage or something. But you, mm-hmm. it gives you that opportunity to kind of like fix your build if yeah, the game is going well. In a run. So we have the 3D printers, we have the chest. The other things you can really interact with are these shrines that are spread throughout the map. Uh, there's like a gold shrine that took us to a different like mini level that we had to clear, which... I mean, that's what I always love in a good roguelike game where you're doing multiple runs is all of a sudden we have this new challenge, new boss, new area before we popped back up into the real world. And because we beat it, we were able to summon this golden god to fight for us in every boss fight after that. I think we wiped on the next one anyway, so it didn't matter. But that's really (laughs) cool. Uh, There's like a casino chance ones where you can go up there and you can activate the shrine and it could be like, yep, you spent $50 and nothing happened. Or other times it'll actually give you an item and I use these every time, even whenever I was poor. Yeah. Because I was like, you know, I'm going to get more money later. Um, there's newt shrines, which require moon coins or lunar coins or whatever. And these let you go to the lunar shop. Because moon coins are another type of currency that carries over in between runs. And it lets you get these higher tier, better run items throughout the game. Then the other ones are the combat and the mountain one. The combat ones just spawn a wave of enemies so you can get more money and get more levels. The mountain one, I think that spawns another boss when you get to the boss area because it activates the challenge of the mountain or whatever. And we yeah, activated right. these every time. For some reason, we, we never took the easy road on this. Because it's funner. And usually we would, it's either we wipe or we just beat the shit out of them. There was never really an in-between. We never really had like, oh, that was a good fight, Philip. Let's get out of here. It was, was usually like, oh, just too easy massacring people until we get one shot. Let's see. Uh, talking about the bosses, the final, like most of the oh, bosses. There was are, one more. There was uh, one that takes health from you and gives you money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The blood bank. Yeah. And I would use it every time. Right. I think there was a glitch with it because sometimes I would use it multiple times and it wouldn't take any life from me. And I'm just like, oh, okay, well, cool. Just a bunch of free money. And it progressively gets more. It's like 50% of your life, then 75, then 90%. And um, I think it's of your total, so you can't use it if you don't have enough. It's like Planeswalkers yeah. and Magic. Isn't isn't there a percentage chance for it to take health? I think it I always I'm not sure. Yeah, I thought it was, if it's a chance, that might be better. Yeah. But there's like an item called like the Cautious Slug, which was always nice to have. It didn't do much, except that it would regen all your health if you were out of combat. So if you had the cautious slug and you made it over one of these blood shrines, you could just be like, tink, 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 and just milk it for all it's worth. As long as you had your slug with you. Yeah, and I think something we'll talk about later, but uh, there are drones you can buy, and one of the drones heals you as well. And you can have multiple of them. Like, sometimes we just have swarms of drones oh, flying around us. Yeah, you the drones the drones? 
the Dude, drones are, are so fantastic. Mm. Like you just get an army of drones and they're just like really friendly and they go in to give you a kiss every once in a while. And then yeah, they just and get knock you off ledges and then yeah, you lose eighty percent like, of your health. <laughs> the worst. They take up so much space and like you're like trying to shoot. And then we get like other drones or you get like creatures and pets. And I'm like, Nave, you got the giant, you got egg smashing goblin number twelve. And he's following us around and helping. But egg smashing goblin looked just like all the other egg smashing goblins. Yeah. So now I'm shooting your pet instead of the the ones we actually need to kill. This game is just silly. This has got a lot of silliness going on. Uh, there was one huge ass drone you got one time too, but we never found it again. And that thing was a freaking baller until just we got satellite. wiped. And it would just fly around and blow stuff up. Uh, the bosses, they're all pretty kind of cookie cutter until you get to the final boss. I mean, cookie cutter, like some of them are like giant magma worms. Other ones are like destiny style, giant eyeballs floating around, firing death lasers. But this final boss, the King Nothing or whatever his name is. I still maybe I should look it up. I'm not going to. But King Nothing. <laughs> this was a destiny style raid boss when you're fighting him because he's doing like AOEs. Uh, there was one moment where he sucks all your power-ups out of you, and you have to damage yeah. him to earn your power-ups back. And so this cool. boss was actually really wild. Like, I don't know if he was a later update. Like, Cam, do you remember this guy? Any? I believe he was... They hadn't reached full release yet, but it wasn't an initial thought. He was really cool. Like, yeah. Is, is uh, this he, the one, like, in the dark space kind of void area? Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of boxes? Yeah. This is like the, the one you're talking he's about. The final, he's the final frontier before you have to get to the ship. And it's so funny because, like, we beat him. And then I'm like, no, we got to go to the ship. We got to escape. And then, like, a timer comes up on the screen, and it's, like, seven minutes or something like that. And it's like you have to run all yeah. the way across this map, going through portals, trying to get over there. And I think Nate was, like, his slow bandit character. And I was, yeah. like, a, I was, a, <laughs> uh, I was the archer that can shadow dash like 500 feet forward. So I was like booking it. I was like already there. And I'm like, all right, Nate, hopefully we don't have to do something dumb. Like we need to protect the ship before we can get out of here or something. And instantly He's like objective, a mile ahead of me. Yeah. The second I get there an objective pops and it says protect the ship before we can get out of here. Or something like that. And I'm like, God damn it, Nate. Why? And it got so close. It got down to like one or two seconds of us trying to protect the ship before we finally like killed off the last enemy so we could escape. Yeah, because the percentage went up slowly, but you but killing enemies would make it tick up faster. Like it would give you percentages. So we barely made it. And that was the only time we beat the game. Yeah, it was probably like the third. Yes. That was the first time we ever got to the end area. But we would get there like three or four more times out of like maybe fifty runs or something like that. And and like we would always die right at the beginning of that level. I have no idea how we beat that level the first time because our builds. I don't think they were that good. I don't know. Maybe just had a little life steal or something. That was the hey. same build where I had the knife. <laughs> the I remember because I remember I was getting the when we were shooting the boss and getting our things back. I was like, well, I can't wait to get my knife back. That doesn't do anything in this boss fight at all because I'm never <laughs> that close to him. That's what I said. Um, I think that covers all the meat points that I put in. Cameron, Nave, you got anything? Not really. Like I, I, I found the boss like. I know you said they were pretty cookie cutter. I found some of them like pretty well designed, like in giving like visual cues and that into like how to beat them. Yeah, like, like you know, I mean, none sometimes you bad per se. Yeah. Like there's there's some roguelites out there that just like all right, cool. You just die to them immediately, or it's like <laughs> nothing. Nothing is explained. It's like all right, cool. Like um, just this random boss has like a weak point. 
and then doesn't point it out and you have yeah. to, you know, use that process of elimination of like doing a few runs, getting to that point in testing and wiping and doing that constantly. I don't feel like Rift Rain does that. I feel... Some good old cuphead do. style of boss design. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, or you out. just get to the second phase, you just die and something. Like, All right, cool. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I don't know I what the do fuck that, that was. <laughs> I uh, imagine if cuphead was a roguelite. It might be more fun if it be. like gives you stuff. Like if you can. Yeah, I think get... that was the problem yeah, yeah. with cuphead is that there's no progression. You just there's you no have, way to like, you get better as it. a player. That's that's it. <laughs> yeah, and hope for the RNG. Cuphead's just very much trial and error, though. Yeah, like. Hitting your head against a brick wall until something works. Uh, Which this game does have high uh, Borderlands vibes, like because you just see numbers popping everywhere. Uh, You're always scaling up, and Borderlands does feature quite a bit of customizability and like doing a build whenever you're going through the skill trees and whatnot. You know that obnoxious little like UI that pops up in Borderlands where it's like holographic and stuff. Yeah, it's funny that um, we mentioned Gearbox at the start of the episode being the publisher now. But they only just acquired them, I think, like a week or two back. It's very, very new. Um, oh. Which is weird. I think because I remember like, hearing about it, actually, now that you're saying yeah. that. Like, you, you think this is such a Borderlands-filling game. Yeah. Just with the like indie Borderlands, almost. Yeah. Indie the only, Borderlands. The only disappointing thing about Hobo, uh, Hobo, however you pronounce it, is I don't think they're going to work on Risk of Rain as an IP anymore. Yeah. Like I think Gearbox has bought the IP to continue on with it, but it won't be the initial team that worked on the risk of rain one and two. Huh? It's kind of a bummer. That's a little odd. Be very interested to see what that team does though. I mean, if this is the level of content that they can bring out, like not to jump into final words or anything like that, but this definitely has opened my eyes to risk of rain as a series. Like, I don't know how much I'm going to go back to actually play this one, but I'm going to be watching the horizon. And if I see a whiff of a risk of rain three, I'm definitely going to be all in that. Yeah. I wonder how I would have felt about this game before I played vampire survivors. Because I wonder how much, how much more irritable I would have been about how random everything is because vampire survivors really got me in a mindset. Cause I was thinking about it a lot whenever I was playing this game for the first like four hours. Oh, Vampire Survivors isn't that random though. Once you see the you see the matrix, you know, you're like, like twenty hours in, yeah. No, it's not even twenty hours. Like looking at it, I don't even think we have twenty hours in the game for Vampire Survivors. I do. Survivors. I have do? like it's one, it's one of those things though. The like with Risk Rain and Vampire Survivors, it's just that initial thing of like, I don't know what anything does. Yeah, like Vampire yeah. Survivors. As soon as you realize how OP Garlic is, it's just like, all right, cool. I'm getting Garlic every single goddamn yeah, Garlic, time. so good. This is the thing, man. Everyone plays Vampire Survivors differently. I never pick up Garlic, ever. Uh, what, what, do you use the holy water? No, I don't use the holy water either. Are you insane? I usually the holy go whip. Trash. I usually go for the whip upgrade. I like the pistols. The pistols are the sick. The pistols are OP. Yeah, once oh, you get yeah. in the tiramisu, mm. Yeah, and once I realized how nuts the uh, what the garlic and the lance, whenever you upgrade those with the rings and the pieces on the map, and you get that card that brings everything to you, I'm just like, oh, just that every time, and you just win. Like, there's no yeah. way to die, because yeah. it just well, stops you, everything from getting to you. Have you done the single card runs yet, or the single weapon runs? No, but I was thinking about doing it with Queen Signet, which Dude, is that's dumb, what I because did. Queen, Signet Queen Signet is so insane. Yeah. Yep. Philip, did, this- did you buy Missing No? I don't know. I don't think so. 
Missing No, like, you know, from Pokemon, Pokemon? Red yeah. and Blue, whatever. But uh, Missing No is a character who looks like one of the Reapers. Uh, I don't know how to unlock them, I forget. Um, but you can just put a code in and get them, right? Like a lot okay, of the yeah. bonus characters. Yeah, yeah. You get Missing No. He costs the most in the entire game. He costs so much gold. But um, every single time you open up the uh, character screen, he has random stats. All of Ooh, them are random. Weird. And they can go into the Ooh. negative. And it's really cool when things start going into the negative. Like one time I played Missing No and his his bullets his bullet attack speed was negative, so all the bullets went backwards. <laughs> but you can have negative health and that means you're immortal. That means you can't die. Like there's so many different random things that can happen with Missing No. It's really cool. So odd. I recommend playing a couple times with it. And it's like it's not every time you restart the the game. It's every time mm. you go into the character screen. So you if you get a bad roll of missing note, you can just leave and come back. Like just you don't even have to start the game. Just leave this character screen and come back and it changes the stats up again. But if that. it's like if your if your bullet speed is zero, then your bullets are stationary, everything. <laughs> so they don't move, they just stay in place. God, there's so many cool things that can happen. It's, you can get a character fun. that can't move. <laughs> oh, God. You get zero speed. Yeah. It's funny. I've told so many people like Vampire Survivors is probably going to be like my game of the year. And then they just look at me and it's just like, but like, look at it though. Why it looks like it was made game? in Game Maker. You know? Yeah. It looks bad. People, people just don't get it though. Dude, it's like I showed... It. Like our friend JP, I showed it to him. I'm like, yo, check out Vampire Slayers. But the controller's hand started him up. I'm like, do the thing, do the thing, play the game. He's like, what is this trash? You know, like this game. And I'm like, wait, oh, did you, you start him over or did you play on your own account? I played on my own with all the crap unlocked. Yeah, yeah, you got it. That's what you got to do. He didn't like it still. He didn't seem to get it. I, I don't well, know. Maybe, man. maybe part it. of it is getting better and then yeah, understanding you where you came before. from. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, look See, at some all the shit on the screen. Some people see the videos though, and they don't realize that the bullets and the attacks are coming from you, and they just think it's a bullet hell game where you're avoiding stuff. That's that would be. And scary. then so, oh, they oh, have bullets so in the game, but you can kill them with attacks. Yeah, you break so, their bullets God. with your bullets. Yeah, yeah, if that didn't exist, that'd be horrifying. Such a it's such a good game though. Like it's just Which, one of those games that just has a really satisfying gameplay loop, and that. They perfected it. And one guy. Like, always respect when it's, like, a solo dev. I love indie games so much. There's so much good good shit that comes out of them. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've... Because you were talking about Game of the Year. My Game of the Year is Signalis, except for Elden Ring, obviously. Elden Ring is the Game of the Year. But Signalis, man, <laughs> I don't know if you have heard my singing from the rooftops of that game yet. But, oh, so good. I need to play that. And playing I, it soon. I need to play that. And I need to play Immortality. Because everybody keeps on telling me Immortality is a 10 out of 10. Really? I still haven't had to, yeah, like mm. really rave reviews just because of how unique it is. As I'm a trying to title. remember which one it is because I immediately started thinking FMV. of the yeah, it's the, a live action soul. one. Oh, really? Yeah, the live I love action those one games. that is. Is it the same the guys that made? Uh... Yeah, yeah. I love those guys. I Wait, I don't know if Telling Lies is actually one of them, but I don't yeah, know. yeah. I think it's the same one as Telling Lies, if I'm not mistaken. Because there's there's been a there's been a, it's like a Polish or something like that uh, game studio that's been making these games just like Wales Interactive, Wales Interactive yeah that's it uh, yeah. so yeah they've just been slowly making a bunch of these and I think they're all pretty good like there's one where you are a uh, parking you're a parking garage attendant and you get wrapped up in a oh. bank heist scheme what that sounds uh, great late shift it's late great shift. late shift yeah yeah, yeah that pass. one's great yeah. 
That's the first one. Oh, um, it's on Game Pass? Get Philip. Go fucking play that okay, game. Okay, it's I'll not play that one. Play it with your it family. Was, it was on Game Pass. Oh, no. Oh, that's fuck. how I... Uh, yeah. Um, there's... The only problem with the FMVs is, like, during the whole COVID pandemic, like, the quality of them obviously, like, went down a lot. Yeah. Oh, really? It was a Battle Royale one. Um, uh, FMVs? FMV. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to think... I'm trying to think what it was called, and it's just it's really really rough around the edges. But um, Immortality got a whole bunch of ten out of tens because of how unique it was. That's awesome. There's a there's a horror themed one called The Bunker that's really cool, and it's not really like horror like ooh everything's scary. It's like you're alone in a giant underground facility, and like you're just doing your job, and there's just no one around, and it is like ooh this is spooky. What's going have on you, down here? Have you seen the, the shape shifting detective? Yes, I, I played a little bit of it. Uh, that was around the time my girlfriend broke up with me, so I, I, I was playing it with her, so I just stopped playing it because it reminded yeah. me of that. But uh, I should definitely go back to that because that one was that interesting one? as well. So like Frog yeah. Detective? No, it's uh, there's like something going on. I can't remember specifically, but your character can just change into other characters so that you have yeah. like different dialogue opportunities with people or something like okay, that. Okay, that's interesting. So, so think of Pentiment modern day with a, a few, like in terms of like the murder mystery kind of aspect of it. But yeah, you get to trick other people by transforming into other characters to solve the mystery and try and get information out of them. And I'm pretty sure there's two different uh, murderers that can be. So you can get a randomized playthrough and it won't be the same character every time. Interesting. What is that movie where the people are like replicas and no one knows who the replicas are? It's like an older movie. I think it had what it had the Indiana Jones guy as a character in it or something. Do you know what oh, I'm talking Blade about? Blade Runner. Blade Runner. That's it. Blade Runner had an old school video game. Did you watch the Accursed Farms video about it, Philip? Uh, probably not. I missed Dude, that one. Dude, there's a. I think it's getting remade. That's why it's. That's why it's cool. Like this Blade Runner game. Uh, apparently it plays out very similarly every time, but it but it is completely random who the replicants are. Like your character can be a replicant, and your partner can be a replicant, and anyone can be a replicant, and that just changes like everything going on around the story, and you don't know until like close to the end who is who. It's really freaking cool. It's well, like a point click adventure game. Clue. <laughs> the board game Clue. <laughs> yeah, no Clue. There's a movie based on the board game. You know how they like Battleship oh, and all that. Yeah. But Clue, the movie, whenever they put it in theaters, they changed the ending to like five different alternate endings. So What? We, yes. Really? So there is a different ending for each like person it could have been. That's fucking awesome. That's yeah, insane. <laughs> what? It's like, if, you watch, watch if you watch the DVD, though, it's funny because they play like, you know, one of the endings and then they do like a like a rewind and they go back and they show like each ending in, in like order pretty much of like wow. how it could have ended. That so would it's be like so the, cool. the DVDs are not, you know, I don't know. Like how I got cool D- DVD A or B or C or something like that. How yeah, how cool would it be though if like the, every time you watch the DVD it randomized? I mean that'd be yeah, interesting. Yeah, cuz how hard would it be? It would just be that changing be swapping out scenes. Yeah. I don't Yeah. I don't know. Uh yeah. Um and I remember another... the DVD for the ring. <laughs> Wait, I think I talked about this on the it on has the, the video before. on it. Yeah, it has the DVD for the first ring has the video on it but it's at the very bottom of the of the select screen like on the main menu where you hit play and stuff and chapters and stuff you but you can't just go down to it you have to go up from play 
and it goes down to the bottom, but it it erases it like the cursor vanishes, and then whenever you hit uh, select, it takes you to the video, and that shit used to scare me. And at the yeah, end of it, as soon as you get back to the main, whenever it's over, it goes back to the main menu, and it plays for like half a second, and then the music that's on the main menu screen cuts out, and then there's a telephone ringing. That's perfect. Yeah, and I would be like, ah, I don't even have a phone. <laughs> Why is it scaring me? That's so funny. Yeah, I'm I'm in a really big mood to play FMV games now. You should definitely play uh, whatever the hell I was talking about before. Bunker, the bunker. bunker. It's pretty good. I, it's one of the first ones though, so it's like noticeable that it's one of the first yeah. ones, especially after the shapeshifting detective, because you're like, oh, look at all this. This is wild. There's a lot of different like things hey. I could do. They did a recent one too. Um, I think it's called, like, it wasn't as recent as Immortality, but Five Dates. I have oh, really yeah. I, I should check that, out, that one out too. Ah, oh, man. There's so many of them now. I was playing them as they were coming out, kind of like the. the uh, Dark Tales ah, anthologies. Dark Tales anthologies, yeah. yeah. I, I'm one behind now. I need to play that newest one. The Devil in Me? Is that the yeah. newest one? That's the newest yeah. Dark Tales, I think. Wait, have you played the new Tales of the Borderlands? Because I haven't heard anything from it. We've been was, talking about Borderlands all day. I, I went out to go and buy the um, a physical copy of it. I, I traded in a whole bunch of my old games and got like $1,200 for it. I'm like, all right, Whew. just try and find excuses to spend money on things. I went into it and they got delayed like two or three days. So I'm like... Uh, in Australia? You know, yeah, the for physical everywhere. copies got... Nah, physical copies got delayed. And we had a whole bunch of like flood uh, issues, so a lot of our like freight and all that just got messed up by it. So I was oh. like, went in full intention of buying this game, and it's like, uh, it's I mean, it's seventy dollars, but it's a new like I really enjoyed the first Tales from Borderlands. It was really yeah. funny. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna go and get it. Didn't have a copy. It's uh, so weird because I, I know a this. lot of. I know a lot of people who enjoy these story, like the FMVs and, and like Telltale-esque games, adventure titles like that. And no one, I've literally heard no one talk about it. And so that's se- kind of strange to me. $70 Australian is just a really hard ask for one of those games. Yeah, I wonder how long it is. Wait, how much did it cost before? Was it $10 I, an episode? I think with it, you'd be more 30 to 40 kind of mark. Do you remember, Philip? Because I don't, I don't remember. Know. I also know the conversion rates at this point. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. That's tricky. That's a tricky business. <laughs> Stray is like um, $1 is like a $1.50 USD. No, wait. Sorry. Opposite way around. A dollar US is a dollar fifty Australian. Okay. So Quick you're maps. probably looking at like $50 or something US. Okay. I'm, that's I'm, probably that's not, about the same then. Yeah, that's what we'd expect. Yeah. Because that's ten dollars okay. a chapter or whatever, which is usually how they did the Telltale games with the multiple yeah. of Among Us and all them. Yeah, I don't know why it just feels more expensive to me now. I don't, I don't know. know. Well, back to Risky Rain too. Uh, any more meat points before we want to hit <laughs> oh, our yeah. final words? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think right. not really. Other, other than I think this game just really benefits from the more the merrier. Definitely. It, well, is it? Hold on, because are there more chests that spawn when more people spawn? I think, when more I think so. The game? Yeah. Because like okay. it is slim pickings when I was playing by myself, just like oh really trying to fill it. Like like you spend a lot of time walking around, going like, man, I don't know about this run. As I say to myself, <laughs> listening to my podcast, 
Okay, right. so that's better. It's like in Borderlands, it gives you a lot more guns, gun spawns whenever you're with more yeah, every, people. Everything ramps up quite a bit, and then um, I think it's one of those things too because the maps will always be the same size. You've just got like you still got the same kind of time limit. You got more people exploring. Yeah, kind of gives you an idea of like, all right, somebody can split off and find the teleporter quicker. Which you did like you, a, whenever you guys played in four player, were you sticking together? Or so it sounded like you were mostly sticking together, right? Like sticking together is like a case of like, hey, I can still see the other person and wave in the distance. Yeah. Or like if they go to into another area, it's just like, oh shit, I'm falling behind. I better catch up to them. Because once we, once me and Philip established that we were going to be loot goblins, I, I we would yell at each other if we started. I I see him coming, yeah, like, already looking over around here. and like starting to go up a ramp. I'm like, Philip, get out of here! I've already been this way. And Philip's like, Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> Turns around and goes back the other way. The other thing too is like, I'm always one of the, uh, I'm one of those people that always rushes ahead, and people absolutely hate me for it. But this is the one game that benefits from rushing ahead because the longer you stay in the area, the more difficult it's going to be. So it kind of gives like more points. Yeah, it it gives more points of like, hey, shit's hit about to hit the fan. Let's go. <laughs> we had some runs where we could not find the teleporter, and we were just wasting time looking for it. And I'm like, oh my god, Nate, we've gone through like three difficulties just in this zone. This is gonna yeah, be which, it's like the second zone. And it's then crazy. you walk back to an area, and you're like, how the it was hell under did we miss the, this? Under a bridge or <laughs> yeah. something, dude. Sometimes it spawns like right next to a wall in the middle of two walls, and it's like the thing <laughs> is, is that uh, the entire there's a huge like dome of like glitter in the air whenever you see when you so I would always spot it usually immediately. Like, oh, it's over there. Now we know we can like separate ways, mm-hmm. and then meet up back over there. But sometimes, yeah, when it spawns underneath a bunch of garbage. It just becomes impossible. There was one level in particular where we couldn't find it for forever, and Philip was playing the the grapple hook punchy boy, and I we find it, and just before we press the button, I get insta gibbed by a freaking lizard man, and Philip was like, "Oh no!" And then he presses the button, and two lizard two uh, lava worms spawn, and he's just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like, he's like, I can't I can't punch these guys good. They they keep running. Because it was like See, that, some bosses I couldn't fight whenever I was melee. Like it's like there'd be the jellyfish, and I could stand on top of the jellyfish and punch its little dumb jellyfish brains in, and I would just stack <laughs> infinite health. And for some reason, its AI would then think I just need to fly higher, and so it would fly <laughs> higher and just take me to the moon where I could fight at one v one on the moon. You know, final destination, no <laughs> items. <laughs> yeah, and then I'd be like, all right, defeated him. After 20 minutes of punching him, and lucky for me, there's two more giant boss jellyfishes that are down there waiting to get their crap punched in. As no, soon as I like, drop like, from the it'd sky, it'd be more like Philip would kill it. He'd be like, "All right, Nave, I defeated this one," and there would be three more, but I'd already killed two of them because I'm shooting them in the back as they're like, "Oh shit, look at that guy <laughs> floating up there trying to fight Philip." Yeah. See, I remember, I remember the teleporter was like really insufferable on that um, swamp kind of. Level. That's the one I really ran into a lot of issues for trying to find it. Ours was the the level that was mostly like Space. void. Yeah, yeah, and like we yeah. like the the pl- there was a bunch of land, but it was just a bunch of bridges over nothing, and like yeah, that yeah. was always where it would end up underneath something because there's so many bridges and like ramps that it could end up underneath. Drive me insane. Yeah. All right, any more meat points? No. Let's hit it. The music plays. Boom, 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 boom. Need a bathroom break? Anyone?
I I needed a bathroom break actually like two minutes after we decided to not have a bathroom break last time, <laughs> well, go. and now I've just kind of absorbed it back into my body because it's just a it's yeah, just pure monster energy same. drink. <laughs> I'm sure I can get some more nut get farm some more nutrients out of this. And we're back. That's not how this works. I don't think. Like once <laughs> it's down in the tubes, I think it's down there. I mean, obviously you haven't listened to Dungeons and Daddies too much because that's how they it talk works about Aiden. They find a little child, and he absorbs his own piss. <laughs> it's explained later. Mm. It makes all sense. Right. I promise. It's not retconned at all. Risk of sure. Rain 2. A game about being a loot goblin with the rest of your friends on an unknown planet where you kill the local flora and fauna. I'll take this first final words. This game's going to be a recommend for me, but with like a, a slight hiccup. This isn't a hard recommend. It's kind of soft because I was definitely mid on this game whenever we first came into it. Kind of like a little, little cool. But the more we played, the funner it is. Like we've said before, or you know, we were saying earlier, the more the merrier. This game is really sold by the party. But I think what could really sell it is if you had a guide to it. If you have like, you know, one friend that's like, yeah, I got 90 hours in Risk of Rain 2. I love this game. That's the dude you'd want to play this with. If you're all jumping in, you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what character class to play. I don't know you know, anything like that, you're going to struggle. We died a lot, and we are Mountain Dew butt-chugging gamers, very determined. We finished Power Wash Simulator and Cuphead and all that crap. Like, we don't give up, but we were getting spanked by this game on multiple points. So I think it basically just comes down to what you can put up with, combining with what your friends are actually into. Because you could probably have more fun, honestly, playing Halo. At least me and Nave did. Because there was, like, I think two days later, we were like... Hey man, I know we already beat Risk of Rain too. You want to go back and play some more before we review? And Dave was like, "Hey, here's an invite for Halo." And invited me to Halo. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, boy, let's play some Halo." So it's gonna be. Dude, we got uh, freaking robbed on one of our matches. I was oh fucking livid out of my mind. Tell him about that, Philip. I was so fucking mad. I don't know. You're mad in like every other match you play. Like, oh, oh our team's full of trolls and e girls. We can't win. <laughs> and I'm like, shut the fuck up, Dave. Just play the game. There was this one time, dude. There was this that game. Uh, what was it? Capture the flag, right? And we had three captures, and then we all we had to do is not get. We, 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 I, I, oh God, yeah, that God. game. Yeah, that was so bad. It was, I was like, like, what just happened to me? I was so upset. We were like one up, and we were just like, oh, you know, like, well, just I bet we could totally just go grab their flag and hold on to it so they can't score. So we all like mobilized. They swooped in, yeah. like a full four man clear, wiped us all out. We were like, what? And then they got our flag. They got it back to their base, and we're like, oh, we're even. But I guess they had someone to hang back. So they grabbed our flag a second time before and there we was even only like a minute oh. on the clock left. Yeah. Like we, we were like, well, at least we'll go into overtime. And then they're like, flag obtained or whatever and they like scored our flag again and i'm like oh my god it's over <laughs> <laughs> the fucking worst feeling and uh, we were spanking them for like eight minutes straight and then suddenly like, halo they matches it up. are too long like these ranked halo matches i don't they need to take the scores down from like you know five flag captures to like three take it from 50 kills to like 30 kills or something just lower the time i don't need 20 minute halo I matches that's the thing. Like Slayer feels so much longer now than what it used to do previously. Like I don't, I don't know. Like you're right about that fifty kills thing going down the thirty. Yeah. It just feels. I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that I can load into matches so quicker now. 
on like a Series yeah, X compared to... That's the problem Xbox. with the, the game is I would always be loaded and then I have to still wait on people on Xbox One. <laughs> Waiting just, for like, other players. <laughs> that was the funniest thing. When me and Philip would play... What game were we playing with Melissa? We played a couple. Oh, it was Solasta. When me and you played Solasta by ourselves and instantly load into games and different maps and stuff, and then we play with Melissa, and it takes 15 minutes to load a fucking map, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, the man. The problem with Solasta is it loads the whole map whenever you play that game. It's, there's no chunks in Solasta. You get the whole yeah. level. It's like XCOM, except All those right. maps get big. All right, Cam, what's your final words for Risky Rain 2? I pretty much echo the same sentiment. Um, go in with a tour guide if you can, somebody who has played the game quite a bit. Um, other than that, just, you know, get a... I, I really think that having the full experience of four people rather than two is probably going to be the most beneficial thing. But, you know, pick that one night a week, set up a time, just do it the long haul. Um, because I know that when I first played it, I became addicted and then trying to get people in at the same time was the one major issue. I bet. But yeah, highly recommend. Um, just know that, uh, unfortunately, I don't think there's many other roguelites like this. So if you fall in love with it, uh, you're going to have a very hard time finding something similar after you've, after you're beating it. Uh, see, that's what I was saying about risk. Like, that's why I want a risk rain three. I'm like, this yeah. almost feels like, uh, what was the, what was the left for dead spirit successor? Oh, uh, back from no, not vermintide. Oh. Are you talking Back for Blood or? Back for Blood, yeah. Like this yeah. feels like a Back for Blood that I almost wanted to play more than Back for Blood because like. But we Back were, for Blood didn't stick the landing. Yeah, we were. Issue. We were real cool on Back for Blood when it came out because we wanted we wanted to be better than it was. Yeah, we yeah. were super. It was another one of those games where the first two hours are super hype, and then like the more you play it, you're like, oh no, like, wait there's a nothing minute. else here. <laughs> Whereas this game feels like you can definitely refine it, and your skill mm-hmm. gets better. You get better builds. This feels like the better pack for blood because like you said, there's yeah. not a lot of these roguelike style run and gun games out there, but me and Dave, we're big rogue fans or whatever. Like, you know, I've played rogue legacy one. I love the binding of Isaac. There's, I've played so much trash such as like hell mutt, the dog from hell or whatever. <laughs> like there's so many <laughs> dumb roguelikes that I've played that I love the grind. Hades. There's so many banger ones that have come out recently. I oh, want yeah. Hades is a, so good a cooperative roguelike experience that's not trash, you know? Sorry, Back for Blood fans. Yeah. I think the closest thing, like, in this day that we have is Gunfire Reborn, but even then, Gunfire Reborn is not... doesn't have that same kind of verticality or speed to it. It's very much a dungeon crawler kind of roguelike, whereas in... Yeah, I just... I hear Deep Rock Galactic is kind of like That it. one's on our list, too, but I don't know anything yeah, about I'm, it besides your dwarves. Yeah, that that's pretty much the limit of my knowledge as well. Um, and then the other games that come to mind that don't really fit into the roguelite aspect as much is like Warframe. Yeah, I mean Warframe's always been there, and I've never played it, but it looks like always, it looks like a something I could get into. It, you know, like I love the yeah. the sci-fi looking. It kind of looks like a weird loot-related Destiny or something. Yeah, it, uh, people it's, love it's very, it apparently. It's, it's more it's more closer to Destiny than I would say Risk of Rain, but it has those kind of elements in it. Um, but, like, it is very enjoyable. I just don't have the time for another Destiny. Yeah. It's like I keep looking at Final Fantasy fourteen, and it, that game's free to play oh, wow. for the whole first base game, you know? And I'm like, man, I really want to play that. 
but how much do you value your time? Yeah, but like, <laughs> then I look at my backlog that I'm only 9% through, and I'm like, man, I got a lot of games that I have not played. Yeah. All right, Nave, final words. Is this multiplayer? It is. Final words. Um, uh, I guess the, every it's a hard recommend for me, actually. I was going to say is pretty much what Philip said, but I think anyone who enjoys RNG, anyone who enjoys item building, uh, if you enjoy the very recent Vampire Survivors and you want to do something kind of lighter than that, but uh, in, and in a third-person shooter perspective, then this is like a... It's very specific, actually, but this is a, exactly what you were looking for. And I... Even if you play this game alone, I figure it probably wouldn't be nearly as bad as playing something like, I don't know, Destiny alone. You know what I mean? I think this game definitely benefits from co-op, but I think the single-player isolated experience will it'll allow you to hone your skills. And the reason why I say that is because I did no, absolutely no solo play. Philip did a lot of solo play waiting on me to get done playing Pentiment or whatever. And he had this extra knowledge that i didn't have where with like handfuls of items and how th some things interacted with whatever and so i want to echo that mentality as well of try and grab at least one person who has a vague idea of what the hell is going on or maybe be that person and watch like a youtube tutorial really quick so that your friends will not just be lost and aimless in the dust because me and philip were pretty lost in the sauce for a little while with all of the items and everything and it gets harder the longer you're lost. That's that's the big sticking point. This game is on a clock. So, I don't know. When Good you get better, you get faster. Yeah. Good for There's a specific chest on the third level. If the third level is the ice level, and which it usually is, there's a specific chest that's there only unlocked if you get there within 10 minutes. And we never got there. Oh. The closest we ever got there was 13 minutes in. But So we have no idea what's in there. I, and I really wanted it, but it, was, it would always get down to how weak do we want to be when we get to that third level? Because that's hor that's a horrifying perspective because that third level is not easy. There was a couple wipes yeah. we had on that level. That's the one where they first spawn in like the assassin imp type enemies that teleport around and they will, they will give you two hard bops and knock you down if you're not prepared. And that's one thing that I want to hammer home is that you have to be okay with RNG and you have to be okay with getting one shot every now and then and just losing your entire run. And people who are familiar with like the Binding of Isaac, there's no real one shots in the Binding of Isaac. But yeah. there are clusterfucks that happen where you will take damage and panic and then take damage again and then panic more because now half your health is gone and then take damage again. Like there are moments like that. But like in this game, you will just instantly die. And you have no idea what the hell just happened to you, especially if you're playing a, a squishier character like the characters I were pl I was playing. You just got to be okay with that. And so this game is a great game to have like some music, chill music playing or like a podcast or a, some YouTube videos, watch some voice critical or whatever, watch some people play on Twitch, just chill and uh, shoot the shit with some of your friends. And uh, it really does scratch that itch for item combination. It's not as good as Vampire Survivors, but... That game is like, <laughs> what is it? Uh, grinded down, sp like specifically that one thing. That's what Vampire Survivors is concentrated. It is very yeah. concentrated on what it is. This game kind of does a lot of different things, but it does them all good enough. And it has a lot of different ins inspirations, but it doesn't feel like a ripoff of anything specific. It has its own identity. And I think that that's important for, it's not generic at all. Even though we keep comparing it to Borderlands and, and all these other things, it doesn't feel like it's exactly Borderlands. No one's going to walk in and think you're playing Borderlands. 
they're going to be like, what the hell is this Nintendo 64 game you're playing? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it turns out I love that. I love that vibe. Yeah, the, <laughs> the art the style. I don't think we talked about it, but it is the cell shaded, um, simplistic models, which lends to the fact that there's a lot of models on screen. It's almost like Earth Defense mm-hmm. Force, where there's a thousand ants on screen, but you see the ants all have the same exact animation, and they have only yeah. like three uh, textures amongst them, or something like that. They're like super simplistic looking. Uh, the enemies are simple, but I think that adds to the readability of the game because things get yeah. wild once you start getting a lot of effects going on and a lot of enemies start showing up. So being able to just look over and recognize, all right, we got three lizards, I got two imps, yeah. I got, you know, like being able to see what the enemies are matters. The giant creepy pasta SCP fucking dude teleporting around. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. There's a, God, there's this one enemy, I don't even know how to describe it, where you're like, it's a knockoff Slenderman. <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's just the, it's thin man it's the I, crooked I, man i don't know i had to look up what the eye chest was because as soon as you said that it unlocked like a a memory for me um it's a, essentially this game's version of a bfg from doom okay in that ice chest oh well that sounds so that's, badass yeah um, and I just noticed on their wiki page correction this equipment actually deals twice as much damage as the game claims would you love to see that you gotta love to see that yeah all right i love little bugs like that like i just found a bug in in the kingdoms of amalar where every shop has like it's like oblivion where like this shopkeeper has 20 potions and well they not the gold they'll give you infinite gold but it's like this shop has 20 potions every day and if you want more potions then you have to sleep for like two days and they'll get their shop their shop refreshed well if you sell stuff to them you can rebuy it back thank god that's how a lot of games are in this style, mm. though. And so whenever you sell something on accident, like potions, I accidentally sold all my health potions once. If you go back and buy them, the stack doesn't erase. It just stays there for health potions. And the same thing with, with lockpicks and, and god damn it, Molly. The same thing with lockpicks <laughs> and weapon kit, web prayer kits and stuff like that. And so you can sell a whole stack of health potions or whatever and then just rebuy as many as you want. They just have infinite potions now. It's very, very nice. Cool. Nice. All right. So at this point, Cam, a.k.a. Shadowless Edge, I want to thank you for coming out to our pod today. Oh, it's been very fun. Thank you. So where can you be found? Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash shadowlessedge underscore. Uh, you can find me on the Xbox Hall of Gamers podcast. Uh, yeah, and pretty much run my own like achievement hunting community. If you haven't told by now, I'm very much into achievement hunting um, and anything Xbox. Fantastic. Links in What is your gamer score? Uh, 800. It's like just shy 900. I think like 875, something around that. Holy crap. I haven't I was really say, been paying attention too recently. I, I was going to say it's more than me and Philip put together, but I don't think, I don't think <laughs> Philip even has 100,000 yet. No, I haven't hit 100,000 yet. Not, not yeah. on this account, which I don't think I, my I'm, other account did well, either. I've been slowly meandering to 600k. And usually my, people go, oh my god, but now I'm I'm in the presence of someone better. My co-host um, for the Hall of Gamers podcast um, was number one in New Zealand for since the release of like um, like two years into the 360, I believe. Yeah. He only Hell just yeah. recently gave up number one to like drop down to number two. 
that's that's what I love about true achievements is all those like very specific leaderboards you can go into because I know yeah. I have the most gamer score in music and rhythm games in Oklahoma and I hold that trophy <laughs> oh very high in my yeah. heart and I am it's not even close it's like I am just blowing the fucking second place out of the water fuck that guy so stupid yeah all right Nave what are we playing next week I don't know it's up See, to I mean, you bud I think we're playing that portal right? too. Yeah, I mean, my, my job shift is changing for the next like two weeks or so, so I won't be available on nights to uh, game with you because you're a mailman during the daytime and nighttime you're a pro gamer. So I was thinking we could do something that we could knock out in one sitting. Feeling Portal 2. Is is the servers of Portal 2 on Xbox still alive? It better be. I, I believe this so. Is, the depressing thing is I don't want to do Portal 2 because I want to play custom maps. I, don't I mean, do we could revisit it once you eventually get a computer, you goddamn loser. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. You've convinced me. Um. I mean, yeah. So we're we're gonna be in first gear for a couple of weeks until Philip like shakes some sense into his superior officers or whatever you gotta do in the Air Force to get promoted. Something like that. Which came? Are you familiar with the portals? I I've played Portal One before, but I haven't like really invested any time into it. Portal Two actually sounds like a good one to visit for me over the holidays. Oh wow, you've got to play fantastic. Portal Two. I, I I like it's just one of those things of like I've always heard good things about the Valve games, but I haven't really like I need to really sit down and play the Orange Box and Portal Two and all that kind of stuff. Um, if you have somebody to play the campaign, the co-op campaign with, like you've got to, but don't play with someone who knows. That, don't play with someone who knows no, I need how to, to go figure it out. Yeah, yeah. You have another new person, which it might is be a hard to find. Game, which yeah, me and Nate so, are both. Yeah. We have both finished the game probably multiple times, maybe with each other. So this is going to be interesting going back, where we're going to just like walk into your room and either instantly remember, or we're just going to be like, oh. I well, that was the thing. This one yeah. or something. One of the first things me and my ex did was play Portal Two together, and I thought that maybe I'd forget some of the puzzles because it had been literal like four years. five years maybe and since i had played the co-op campaign i remembered everything instantly it, like every oh, no. single puzzle so it always resulted in me just standing in the back just watching her figure it out and well, she is not a, a professional gamer it's gonna be like when we're playing halo reach and we're like nave we can skip this fight if we run over here we'll despawn the enemies and that's <laughs> god, i love stuff. speed running halo so much yeah. oh god which philip you never asked him for about the osts Oh, you're right. Well, I, oh, yeah, I missed that whole section because we got a new Patreon. But we have a special Patreon series listening together where we talk about video game OSTs. And most notably, An hour I, 57 minutes into the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you, you get it a month early, at least, maybe 15 days. It's been on when I finished editing, which I just finished our uh, Last of Us 2 OST with our friend JP. It was Last of Us 1. Whatever. You okay. fucking goon. My bad. Whatever. <laughs> I haven't played either one. But anyways, I finished editing it today. It should be up probably tonight. By the time you're listening to it, it's on, your, on our Patreon. Uh, for all our poor listeners, our cowards that aren't supporting us, uh, it will be up on the 15th on the free feed. But, Cam, do you have a notable OST you would like to recommend that we, we take an ear to? Probably Final Fantasy X. 10? 10? We've done 8 at this point. Yeah, I, I, I feel tens. like... Final Fantasy X. The, uh, the first song uh, that yeah, plays, other oh my god. Yeah, Ooh. Otherworld has never left me. It's just so good. Um, I don't know why for the longest time though there was a rumor going wrong around that was Bramistein um, that made that song <laughs> and it's like no <laughs> no it's not <laughs> but anyway no nah, that that like the music for Final Fantasy X always like stuck with me and I feel like X is 
the best Final Fantasy? Asterix. Yeah. It definitely went back to its roots, and that's what I respected about it the most. Yeah. I mean, it is very old about, school Final uh, Fantasy. Lightning Returns, because that's the one I'm playing right now. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Which dude, that's so weird. It's that. another alternate universe. I just <laughs> and it's like lightning's the the good guy and snow is the bad guy now. And I'm I don't know what's happening. Uh, you're I'm doing actually this really excited for Crisis Call to come out. Um, Hell yeah! Next month? Yeah, I think it's like less than two weeks away. And it's on Xbox. What the hell, Square Enix? I forgot you. I thought you forgot about us. Yeah. This, this is the thing. This will be the one game that like people don't realize is coming out for Xbox. Nobody buys it. And then Square goes oh, no. like, all right, we're not going to release any more games on Xbox because people just don't buy them. That's the thing, dude. Freaking God damn it. Don't get me started about this. But the fucking <laughs> Capcom, sons of bitches, they release all of the Mega Man collections on, on Xbox. And then they just fucking, I hate Mega Man. I don't give a fuck about Mega yeah. Man. But the one I do like is Battle Network. Guess which one doesn't come to Xbox? And it's everything else. The only one yeah. not on Xbox is the one I wanted. And I'm just like, but I would give you my money. I would give it to you. These just these, these Japanese game. publishers and all that, they just do the, oh, but we, we tried it once. It didn't work. When, you know, it's like 15 years later, we're not going to try it again. We're not going to make any money. I don't care. Just do a digital copy. Like, you don't need to do physical yeah, editions of games. Do digital. Yeah. Which is the saddest thing because I own all, almost all of the Mega Man ones. And I own, like, Castlevania stuff because I buy them on sale. And I'm like, yeah. I need to – because I don't like 2D games. I always challenge myself. I'm going to go back and play Mega Man 3. I don't know why because those games are hard and it's going to make me so upset. Hard. But yeah. I, anyway. I'm, not, I'm not a Mega Man fan. Just take Sega's fucking – like, look at Sega. Sega's beautiful. Sega's fl- flourishing over here, everyone. You know Come what? on. I, Xbox, just buy Sega. That's all I want you to do. Just buy Sega. Dude, we were talking about acqui- all these acquisitions and stuff. This whole fucking thing with Activision, like, actually looking like, oh, there's, like, not an 80% chance that it's definitely going through. It's more, it's looking, like, less and less every couple of weeks. Can you imagine the fucking brimstone and fury that Microsoft's going to have if for some reason this fucking deal doesn't come through? And people, I, and then Xbox is just like, okay, we'll just do what Sony does and just start bidding for exclusives. And then they I, just bid, outbid every freaking time Sony. And I'm just like, oh, Lord. Not to make the closing any longer, but I lo- think a lot of people are missing the point too of like, cool, Sony, you want to keep on starting shit? Like <laughs> really think of the relationship you're going to have with these publishers after. Yeah. Just like, you know, I like calling dice. Like Battlefield's nothing. Like who cares about Battlefield? Just like. Yeah, all right. I know end of the day it's going to be like mostly business and those kind of relationships are still going to exist. But like, do you really want to be like pissing in everybody's cornflakes? Dude, I, could you imagine <laughs> a world where this Activision thing doesn't go through and then Microsoft just waits out the Sony thing and then they just yeah. pay for exclusivity <laughs> every fucking you know, year? Just you, pay you know for what? exclusivity. Like, it you is exclusive now. If the deal doesn't go through too... Xbox is the one, like Microsoft is the one making the promise for the exclusivity on PlayStation, not Activision Blizzard. Uh, so after, like, if it doesn't go through, Activision Blizzard don't have to do shit for Sony. That and it's also like, cause they're gonna they're gonna get three bill, right? If it doesn't go through, because yeah. that's just in the clause. But it's like 
that is there is still like 59 billion dollars for microsoft to go okay well let's go shopping then what exclusives do we want to get that it's, it's gonna fuck, be my no one can say shit if they go around buying because final fantasy is an fucking exclusive now yeah. over on playstation no one's gonna say shit about microsoft fucking gobbling yeah. everything else up the, like the re- the real problem at the moment is the fact that the embracer already bought crystal dynamics like that would have been an absolute steal if they didn't have pressure on them about that that was Blizzard. shocking like yeah like they they bought a couple of things from Square Enix, didn't they? It's like here's all of our Western shit. Here yeah. you can have it, Embracer Groove, and it's like what yeah. you can do that? That's possible. I yeah, I, I'm like Embracer's only in the business of like producing like mediocre double A stuff. Yeah, too. Like R.I.P. Saints, Saints Row. Row. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like, which is which is fine if you want those kind of games. Like, I've got no problem with them. But the fact too is they also purchased. Uh, Ubisoft. There was an Ubisoft studio working on the mobile games, and they basically like closed and gutted that, which was Hitman Go and oh, a few other right. titles. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about those guys. I'm. And it's so, like yeah. I love me and Philip. We love us of some Saints Row, but Jim Robs really. Like I'm so upset with what Volition did. It was it was I was so upset yeah. with what Volition did to Saintro that whenever they're like, okay, they're this game performs so poorly, they're just a support studio for this other thing now. I was almost like, good, yeah, <laughs> punish them. <laughs> like it's it's the Saintro oh. game and also the fucking Agents of Mayhem, and I'm just like, get uh, rid of them. <laughs> I'm so fucking oh, mad. All they had to do was just like remake Saint Rose one, like maybe just tone down. Like tone back a little things for you know yeah. more of a <laughs> that game is a little <laughs> like in, modern intense. audience, but yeah. um, but I mean like it was just like all right, here's the goalpost, like let's kick it off midfield, yeah, not <laughs> and add the Septic Avenger to Saintro One, the best mini game in all of Saintro. Yeah. Yep, I mean that's the one I always think about. Not an insurance fraud. Insurance fraud, yeah, maybe insurance fraud is better actually. Now that I think about it, I mean, Man, it's I funny. Just, I'll, I want to go. I want like a good Saints Row. I want like a good Crackdown kind of game. Like Crackdown Three was okay, but it wasn't the AAA that they were making it out to be, which is depressing. But it's got co-op, Philip. Yep. But it's long. Never mind. <laughs> Why do they yeah, make these games long, so yeah. damn long these days? <laughs> we had to get Eric back on. <laughs> give me like a two to five hour co-op game, like a, just a polished. Yeah. Anyway, give me give me a brother, a tale, two sons. Is that game give co-op? I believe so. I thought it was just you played it with one good something. I think you can, I think you play it like you can play it co op as in like one person can have a controller and move one brother and that kind of aspect. Otherwise, it's mainly the solo. I thought it was like overcooked level co op where one person got (laughs) half the controller and the other person (laughs) got the other half. Where it's like, Like that's a legit portion of I believe Brother of Tales and Two Sons is co op. It's 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 all confusing now. Oh, another one we could do. Um, Space Lanes, whatever, that on Game Pass, that's another co-op title. Uh, Space Lanes from the Far Out? Oh, yeah. that was what? rough. I played that what one with that? JP for a little bit. It's it's like Overcooked, but you run a space shuttle. So we're, so we'll just smash through it, right? Because like we smashed through All Overcooked. Right. It seems kind of simple. Like I, we only played like the first two levels and either it's on <laughs> baby poo-poo mode or the game doesn't get any better. Okay. 
you can play brothers of two sons co-op, but you're essentially sitting on the couch together. Sharing yeah, see, the same controller. Like, <laughs> you gotta share the same controller. Because the whole point is that one brother's one side of the controller and the other brother's yeah. the other side when you're playing. Dude, that is a legit thing in Overcooked. And it's so fucking, it's so much scarier when you're playing. I was like, I play with Dante and he would just be like, ooh, and he's like, got a fucking dead like me. And I'm like, don't, don't do it. Like, just fucking catch it. Catch the fucking tortilla. God. All right, we need to end this. So, thanks for joining us this week's co-op partners. Maybe next time we can grind up our scrap to make another pair of sunglasses together. Next time. Or fall off of the ledge and die. Bye. You can say bye, too. Ah, uh, bye. <laughs> Perfect.